Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, mainly me talking about that, and many other things. So let's get started. Hello, Leah. How was your week this week? My week was uh, good. I finished my work deadline, mm-hmm. and now I have to catch up on everything life. I put to, put to the The side. rest of life. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming out here again to the podcast studio. Yeah. To have a little bit more fun with ham radio. So much fun with ham radio. We, uh, we cleaned up the pool a little bit today. <laughs> yes. I actually went out to Little Saigon Ooh. and picked up some of your favorite things to eat. Favorite things. Gum dum and uh, bun mi sandwiches. Bun mi. Bun mi. Bun mi. Yes, bun mi. Bun mi. Uh-huh. Bun mi tut noi. I don't have that's As close as t- that t- is t- to is Vietnamese. cold meat. I thought that was combination. No, tutnoi is cold meat. What's how do you order the combination sandwich then? That is the combination sandwich. Then I nailed it. <laughs> you knew exactly what I wanted. And then And is that what you purchased for me? It is. <laughs> yeah. I'm killing it. <laughs> but uh gum thumb is something I think a lot of people have not had gum before. Gum thumb is so good. It is just like a so medley good. of meats. It is a pile of meats. <laughs> and and broken rice. It's a very interesting rice. Yeah, the grains of rice. It's jasmine rice, but it's broken. Like, why did that become a thing? Is it like date? Is this left? Is this leftover dish? Is that what I'm like? I, what I, I love? Have no idea. It feels like know. it has an origin of like leftovers. Like here is an assortment of leftover meats. No, no, no. Okay. Gumtham is actually referring to the broken rice, and it's usually it has like a scallion onion put oh, over so the rice. Yeah, and then you put fish sauce on everything. Yeah, and oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good. But okay. you, one of the things that you like in that is the omelet. I love yeah, the it's omelet. Like a it's a quiche, kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of, but yeah. it's like orange on top because oh, they use crazy. an annatto oil. I think. Oh man, yeah. If uh, if you guys have any Vietnamese restaurants near you, try yourself some gum thumb. Usually, like maybe with a pork chop. I think the pork chop's good. Well, the only, I think everything's good i think everything so, uh, everybody this, would eat everything except for maybe the fish cake you think this place in particular has like a massive gum thumb plate but okay. if you go to just like a restaurant and get gum thumb it's usually a couple of different meat dishes yeah you open that box and there's like five pieces of meat in there like totally different and there's like shrimp shrimp and, and a chinese, chinese sausage, sausage yeah. man so. get, get started on a ham radio podcast talking about food. I think that's actually very accurate. <laughs> I think we're right in the window. We're in the wheelhouse. It's amazing to start the podcast. So on the ham radio pulse. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for coming out and listening to the ham radio crash course. We like to kick off the podcast with the ham radio minute. It's never a minute. Here we go. New drops. The ham radio minute today is soldering irons. Why, why is a ham radio minute the sound of an, a, a phone alert? Everybody's going to know what that is. Is It is a very, it's not a phone. It is an alert. Okay. Gamers will know. What is it? I can't tell you. Okay, fine. Yeah. Be that way. <laughs> <laughs> soldering irons is the ham radio minute. Now, I'm not saying you got to go get the fanciest soldering iron. I have a decent soldering iron. I like mine, the Hako, the blue Hako. It's on my Amazon store. It's a hundred bucks. It's just good. It has the replaceable tips. The stock tip is fantastic. 
it's got a bit like a, a chisel edge on it. It is possibly the best soldering iron I've owned. But here's the reason. Sure, everybody likes kit projects, of course. Like, okay, sure. Actually, a lot of people don't like kit projects. But I'm sure you're going to build an antenna in your future. You're going to have PL259s. Or, in my case, I had an HT. It is a Bluetooth-enabled HT. Okay. The Bluetooth was syncing to my phone, or in this case, my tablet, my Android tablet that I was trying to get this uh, app running on it. It would connect, but it wouldn't actually pass data back and forth. Nothing was working. I ended up opening up the HT and finding out that the chip, this Bluetooth chip that connects to the radio, the soldering points were poorly done. They were weak solder joints. What, what was this HT? I, it's a video. I'm, I'm going to be recording the video <laughs> review of tomorrow, so everybody will have to wait. I found out that those two points for the transmit and receive into the radio via the Bluetooth the chip itself, not over Bluetooth, poorly soldered, totally not accurate, not correct. Went in there with my fine tip, just kind of held it vertically over the spot and fed in just a little bit of solder. Of course, I, I fluxed the whole thing. And boom, back on the air, two little solder joints. What normally I would have had to ship that thing back to the to the manufacturer or whatever, fix this thing. I had it up and running in just a couple of minutes, and it's working great, exactly as it's supposed to. So soldering iron is, is a good thing to have no matter what you're must, doing. Must have in the ham shack. Right. I, I will... No. Well, I mean, what do you do if you don't have a soldering iron to fix problems? I don't know. I've always had a soldering iron, even if it was like a really cheap one that you just plug in. Like, you know, the ones that just like from the wall to the iron, no temperature control, just like mm -hmm. all, all, all temperature control is hot. <laughs> I don't know what it's putting out, Wait, what but it's you, hot. What do you do at different temperatures of soldering iron? I thought oh, man, you just wanted to become heat. the show topic. No, no. I thought you, you just wanted to heat the solder. Yeah, you do, of course. But when you have a soldering iron and you're doing a kit, so if it's a fresh board, pristine, all components are, are nice, you only want a little bit hotter than the soldering melt point for your solder. And you're really just using the iron to touch both the component you're soldering and the PCB, get it equally hot. So say like a rosin core, like what's the temperature you're using? I usually use 650. Okay, 650 and that degrees. would be considered low, medium, high heat? That would be considered medium heat for soldering components, through hole components to a board. But if I'm desoldering, if I'm taking solder off of a board, mm -hmm. okay. I want it like as hot as that thing will go. Okay. I want lots of heat. Okay. So that's, you know, then I got to crank it up for that, right? There's a whole, there's whole mm. rationale why you would use some solder works like better at different guns. temperatures. A little bit like glue guns, I guess. Yeah. That's only, yeah. Okay. Sure. Some <laughs> solder that you get will have different temperature ratings, like silver solder or aluminum solder is going to be different temperatures that you might not. Don't pick. look down on my hot glue gun. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't at all. I don't think it's adjustable in power though, is it? Or heat? There are hot glue guns that adjust in okay. power. Okay, yeah, because I think there's like then, wood glue, hot glue sticks and all that stuff. If, and if you have one of those one temperature ones, you've got to just kind of unplug it to cool it down and then plug it back in to, to kind of keep it at the right temperature level. I put a level. big fan on mine. <laughs> That's how I cool it down. <laughs> Uh, the only thing I'll leave you with is the the ones that look like a gun that has like a trigger and like a pistol grip. Those are really good for like doing PL259s and big solder jobs, but they're not the most delicate for kit work. In, in fact, it's incredibly difficult to make any kind of kit with a soldering iron like that. 
they heat up incredibly fast. They're really good for like doing, again, big wire jobs, that kind of stuff, but not for kits. So you want the one that's more like a pencil. You know, what's really interesting is I think you were soldering something yesterday. Yeah. You had like a, a really rough day yesterday and I then did. you came home and you were like, I don't want to do anything but solder. <laughs> and then I just, I was like, now is the time to go fix that HT. Yeah. So let's take it apart and fix it. And I was, felt a little bit better when Good. it was done. Good. That's so meditative. Solder, Soldering. solder. It, it actually does. Kit building in particular is very Zen-like for me. So right. yeah. Well, thanks again, everybody, for coming out and listening to the Ham Radio Crash Course. Join the conversation by leaving us a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. What about our drink? We'll do that after I read the reviews. How about that? Okay. I don't like the way I've got this. I, gotta, I, I keep saying i got to change the show notes because I look and then I screw myself up. Or email us at leah at hamtactical.com. We love hearing your reviews uh listening to your email comments or questions we'll take your merch ideas it's a whole show segment it's it's hours <laughs> literally uh, and and when you listen to the podcast we'll help the ham radio crash course reach more hams and future hams by leaving a review so we appreciate it i i did figure out some of my problems with the itunes reviews there were a couple of reviews we got last week that got cut off Oh, right. I I think I figured out that problem. So I wanted to go back and and read a couple of them from uh, first Andrew V. The Baofeng Man says, love this podcast. This is easily my favorite podcast. Lay in the ham radio guy. Make me laugh every time while teaching about ham radio. I'm studying for my technician license, trying to understand the questions as opposed to just knowing the answers. Josh intro to ham radio video was the first ham radio video I watched and convinced me to take the test for my license. I've learned Amazing. so much. Yeah. I've learned so much on both the podcast and the YouTube channel. Also, what is the story behind touch lamps on the podcast? Oh. I keep hearing it, and I would <laughs> like to have some context. I listen to this podcast every day and enjoy it every time. Thanks for the podcast. Again, thank you for leaving a comment. Hey, thanks, Balfang, And review. Man. Appreciate it. So the the backstory that was, I, I went back and saw that. I was like, oh, I got to mention this. The touch lamp, uh, Leia brought a touch lamp into our home. Okay, so just to be clear, it gets the brought touch up a lot. lamp it's a source was subject. very necessary. Okay. You keep, the I mean, boys that's your room, yes, The that boys' your room was very dark. Ben was doing virtual schooling in there. I needed something that would simulate sunlight. They have a. That's the part, that's the part where I, I, I get all that. Why must it be a touch lamp? They make daylight lights that because aren't it's touch adjustable. Lamps. It's adjustable. They make adjustable lamps that aren't. And touch then the based. boys can touch it to get to whatever the light level they want. Again, they make lamps not touch base that do this job. So the reason why touch lamps the are a problem. The aesthetics on this lamp are fantastic. You don't need touch controls to make the aesthetics work out. I don't believe you. Touch lamps are <laughs> notorious for creating RFI. And RFI is the bane of all hams existence, particularly ones that live in the suburbs and have a lot of technology all over the place. It, it raises your noise floor to the point that you basically can't use your radio. So Josh was trucking along and we have been through multiple in-house power outages as a self-induced of josh just turning off all the breakers to hunt down rfi it is very irritating Mm -hmm. he unplugs things all the time to figure out what he's gonna put a ferrite on leave them unplugged yes which is your favorite oh so angry (laughs) you're a favorite (laughs) and so one day Josh was like, 
where did this come from? <laughs> Fee five. <laughs> I smell the RFI of a touch lamp in my home. You didn't know right happy. away it was the touch lamp, though. We found it pretty quickly. <laughs> you were like, what is new in the house? Huh? I don't know. I'm always buying things. <laughs> that plug in was the question, I think. So that's that was a, a big topic of discussion on the podcast. So that's the backstory. Thank you very much for that. The I think every, man. everybody felt Josh's pain oh, upon yeah. his reveal because he told the tale of him hunting yeah. down. The, 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 I don't remember what episode it was. But. And what was the, when you figured it out and you unplugged it, what, what did your noise floor go from? It went from like an S7, S8 to like a S2, S3. <laughs> so it's like literally... I can only talk to people with like really powerful radios and antennas. <laughs> so like a lot of the people in the Hammer Radio Crash Course are just using wire antennas. You know, they have modest yeah. setups. <laughs> and I would like to be able to make contacts with the people that listen to the podcast, for instance, and my videos. Um, but I can't because of a lamp. So, And you know what, Balfang Man? The lamp is still here. It is, yeah. The lamp is not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Team Touch Lamp. Let uh, it illuminate your life. Oh, get out of here with that. <laughs> So the other one that was from the last podcast, and, and it also got cut up, I wanted to go back and, and read it so I could get the full thing in, was from uh, Chef the Chef, if you remember that from last time. Yes. Chef the Chef, yeah. Best three to four hour podcast I've heard, which is funny because the last podcast we put out was almost five hours. Are we the best five hour I, podcast, guys? No, no. That's Joe Rogan. <laughs> that, is, that is the last time. It is going to go that long. That's what people told me. They're like, what are you trying to do? Be like Joe Rogan or something? <laughs> hey, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to eat weird things. No, you eat. That's what he used to do. On I'm Fear okay Factor. with doing a podcast on eating weird things. I'm, I will be Joe Rogan, and then you just eat the things. I'll be like, this is delicious. <laughs> this is a delicacy. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's just so easy to listen to Leia's rich, textured voice while she moderates her nerdy but informative husband. <laughs> as a new technician, I, appre I appreciate both Josh's experience in ham radio as well as Leia's layman understanding of a subject. That is mysterious to most. I mean, when you complicate any subject by translating from English into seemingly random numbers and letters, the language <laughs> of the ham radio operator, you have to expect you're leaving the crowd behind. Both Josh and Leah's individual strengths combine to form a podcast in which the hours just fly by. So Aww, the, the latter you. half of that comment was what we cut out. And I'm really glad I went back because that was a fantastic uh, comment. So Chef the Chef, thank you so much. So this one is from KE5ADX, and it is titled K8MRD. Oh. I saw his video and sent him a link for the company I work for. They had about 14 sales jobs in Texas. I appreciate how supportive we hams are of our fellow operators. We are. Now, I, um, I appreciate that, that Mike is talking about his job situation, but I won't pontificate that. If you want to go check it out, go check out Mike's channel and catch up on what he's been talking about. Yeah, I feel Mike, like talking about him on a podcast is not fair without him being here. So maybe we'll call him in one day. Yes. And I know, I know Mike listens to the podcast. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Um, <laughs> and he actually has a really great video where he's... Um, He's really transparent with mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And Which, I mean, kudos to him. I don't know that I would do that. I mean, straight up, I don't know that I would do that, what he's doing. And I, it's like, 
man, I got but what what better program. way to find a, a job. future job you might like <laughs> absolutely than reaching out to a community that's already possibly working with adjacent there. people? Yes, yeah, it's so smart. It is smart, Mike. You're a genius doing that 4D chess out there. And uh, so Mike's channel is uh, K8 MRD mm-hmm. radio stuff. Radio stuff. Yeah, check him out. So BridgeCon, uh, he writes, great podcast, perhaps mislabeled. I think we've gotten other comments with that <laughs> <Yes>. title. Uh, <laughs> Leah and Josh do a fantastic job entertaining and educating you in many aspects of life, sometimes with ham radio as both a premise and an afterthought. <laughs> it is refreshing to listen to a married couple who are being themselves, enjoying each other's company and letting us listen to their lives while educating you in many aspects of life, which run the full spectrum. From ham radio to prepping to family dynamics, Josh has the gift of being able to impart knowledge with both humor and humility. Yes, we know you are an extra and has the ability to boil down complex ideas into easily digestible portions. Leah is the perfect foil to Josh. Her innocence as it pertains to ham radio is refreshing and forces Josh to explain ideas in a way an engineer might not normally think of. And her laugh is genuine and infectious. You should listen to this podcast just to make your day brighter and maybe learn something too. Word to your mothers. Thank you. So that was very nice. Thank that's, you very much. That's for that. glowing. Thank yeah. you. So we do appreciate you leaving uh, reviews over on iTunes. It's it's the same as the YouTube's, right? It's the it's that version of it. iTunes is the biggest player in the podcast game. So if you throw a thumbs up over there, more people end up getting recommended, and the and the story. And then goes you get on. more more hams. More more ham. More hams are listening. So let's go back a step and talk about what we're drinking. What was that? <laughs> It's a, is that cheers? We're popping bottles. Oh, really? What are you talking about? We're popping bottles you, in the sense of opening like, cans. You didn't like the sound clip I gave you for the drinks? I have to cut it down. I got to go in and do a bunch of other work on it. <laughs> Fair I've enough. got like three new audio things. That's that's a lot for one. We already that's heard one true. of them. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, today we're drinking High Noon Sun Sips. It is a no sugar added uh, vodka and soda drink. Uh, it's made, the one I'm drinking is pineapple, but they've got watermelon, black cherry, grapefruit. Uh, let me see. What is the ABV on this? 4.5. Excellent. It's sessionable, right? Is that, is that <laughs> sure. Usually sessionable is like 3.5. <laughs> 3 to 3.5. Tomato, tomato. These are good. I, I feel like we're getting to a played out point on the seltzer game. I feel like only the best remain. And this is really clean. This is it's, it's I, I will say grapefruit is awesome. Watermelon is my second and then mm-hmm. pineapple. Actually, I would tie I take that back. I would tie grapefruit and pineapple together mm-hmm. and then uh watermelon would be a close second. I hate black cherry in all these. I hate them. It's I true. I don't like them. I, it's mm-hmm. the one that they try and give you the most of. Hate it. Speaking I really like this in, though. Yeah. This is there have been some seltzer drinks that we've had that are not great. Indeed. Okay. So, Leah, what have you been uh, using this week? What has been your major thing that you've been using out on the road, out on, at home, whatever <laughs> what you're been using on the trail? Okay, so. In a hot air balloon? I bought something this week mm-hmm. because of a TikTok. Oh, no. 
I somehow ended up on housekeeping TikTok, and it's all okay. tips on how to clean different areas of your home. Mm-hmm. I feel like how to basic would really take off on TikTok. Is there a, is how to basic on TikTok? Yeah, there's tons of channels like how to basic. Where you're just breaking stuff. Yeah, but okay. that's that's not teaching me anything. I know it's funny. <laughs> how to basic was the funniest thing when it came out. That's the one where the guy is supposed to be cooking, but the he's just rice. throwing everything. He's just throwing eggs in the pan and yeah. then the whole carrot, the largest carrot you've ever seen, he throws it in the pan. And it's not like he throws it in and it's suddenly diced. It's still a whole carrot. Yeah, and then it, it hard cuts to a completed fried yeah. rice dish that looks perfect. Yes. yes, yes. So the thing I bought is actually made to shower your pets. Because oh my God. It's, it's made for shower heads and it's like this flexible uh, rubber mm-hmm. that you can use to wrap around any size head of shower. Mm-hmm. So then you essentially have a nozzle. I know a lot of people have like handheld shower heads right. in their shower. We don't have that. We have like a rain shower head. Right. Which makes it impossible to shower, like clean off the walls with water. <laughs> That is true. Yeah. Oh, so you got that not necessarily for the dog. No, I got it to, to clean, clean the shower, the shower. Walls. Oh, okay. I'm like, we have no problem cleaning the dog. We pick her up and put her in the sink and use the sprayer. It's fine. Or the hose. Yeah, but it's, I, I think it's such a good idea. Oh, it's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Okay. You, now I'm on board. I was like, why are, what are you talking about? Okay. I'm on board. So I don't, I, I don't like the cleaning or aesthetics of a handheld shower head, mm-hmm. but this to, to like pull into the bathroom to clean the shower is great. So I really recommend that. Mm-hmm. If you need a nozzle of any kind in your shower, yeah, that's a great one. I've got a general one and I'm not going to mention a particular brand because I don't have a good one of these, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a ham radio mention. For all of you iPhone ham radio operators, there are a ton of uh, radios that can connect to the radio over Bluetooth. And most of that stuff is not iOS. It's not Mac friendly. So instead of going and get like a dummy Android phone, go buy yourself like a cheap Android tablet. Maybe not so cheap because there are some really, really janky uh, I, uh, Android tablets out there. Like a Fire tablet? Would that no, work? it needs to be Android. It can't be like uh, Amazon, whatever they're running. Are they? Now the Fires are pretty slow, right? They're pretty garbage. I don't think so. Okay. You've come a long way. Just maybe maybe go one step above cheap. Get something that's actually like somewhat... Pe- like a Samsung? I don't know. I don't know the price of these things. But I, I want to okay. point out that like if you're, if you're on the fence of like maybe I should get an Android phone, don't. Just get yourself a small tablet and use that for the ham radio. So like APRS Droid. APRS Droid is such a fantastic app. It works really, really well. Works great with Bluetooth-enabled Bluetooth ham radios. So just highly recommend it if you're going to go down that road thinking about that game if you're an iphone user just get a tablet you're gonna have a much better time with it and you may have some compatibility with just giving it to a kid you know Mm. when you're not using it because it's an android tablet versus you know here's an ipad kind of thing i'd rather give a kid and and i don't know i guess i'm saying i'm i I worry about my kids breaking ipads (laughs) because they have uh so so yeah that's my my uh little item there that i've been playing around with so so then that means it's preparedness corner it is prepared. I don't have a drop for this one yet. So if somebody comes up with a drop, let us know. <laughs> okay. I don't know exactly what we do for preparedness corner for a drop, but. So last week we've, and um, in the past, we've talked a lot about how important community is. Big in, time. 
in yeah. terms of uh, emergency preparedness, that it's not realistic to just suddenly in an emergency bug out uh, right. as an individual. Particularly if you don't do it. <laughs> like if, you, if it's not a part of your right. life that you're out there constantly. But think about this. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who wants a good sense of community, right? Mm-hmm. But you know that where you live may not be the best of uh, locations to be at in an emergency, mm-hmm. then maybe you just go aha- ahead and bug out to the best bug out locations now and build your community there. You're saying... If you're moving. This is the long yeah. plan. <laughs> the long Start plan. bugging out now. Yes. And b- go bug out to where... To a community yes. <laughs> of people. Where you would be bugging out to. I, I like it. I yeah. like it. Okay, this is actually a, a really good idea. Uh, isn't that what Bob did? He did. He, he bugged out to Idaho. Yes. Which is, you know, what he said was uh, where cops... Re- cop land. It's retired cop land. They're right. all cops. Retired not cops. So there is a blog mm-hmm. that came up with the best and worst bug out states. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about the worst bug out states. Because we're in it. I'm not here to judge. Because we're in it. <laughs> and I'm not here to be judged. <laughs> but we're in it, right? Well, I don't know that California would be that terrible of a bug out state, it, considering we have so much agriculture. Like you can grow, like if you're going to long term. You can't grow in California in a grid down situation. There's no water. What? What? The, you can absolutely grow. No, you can't. Okay. All right. Well. You, you do appreciate, we, we live in a desert. Our state is a desert. I mean, it's not Arizona. Didn't you ever watch the movie Chinatown? Mm-hmm. What is that about? At the end of the day, what is all of that about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Water. It's about making a pipeline from outside of the L.A. basin and building oh, it into L.A. when you said LA. Chinatown, I was thinking Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> I was like, yes, I have seen that. <laughs> I missed the whole water subplot in Big <laughs> Trouble in Little China. Understand there was that. a lot going on. It's I, like the, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> the three winds. There's no water. There's no fourth element. Because it's like lightning, thunder, and is it rain? It maybe okay. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I did not see Chinatown. That is a really good movie. <laughs> you, we need to watch. Well, yes, we, we, we do need to watch okay. Chinatown. It, it is like when I say not at all a bad movie, it is considered like top 100 movies out there. Big Trouble Very in Little good. China. No, yes, Big Trouble in Little China. Of <laughs> yes. course. Of course. That's on my top 100 yes. list. But for normal people, top 100 has Chinatown on it. It's really good. Anyway. <laughs> like okay fair fair th- there are so many places in california that have gone back to being a desert after they were turned into orchards like all of the grape farms in the lowlands oh that's true that used to be lush and grew things now it is back to being a complete desert hmm. like no our state is mostly desert fair enough so no it is not good would you like to know what survival frog believes to be the best bug out states. I, I would like to hear more about survival frogs' accolades if I'm going to trust survival <laughs> frogs. <laughs> no. 
I don't vet sources. <laughs> okay, okay. I just present the information they have presented mm-hmm. for discussion. I hope Survival Frog is like a retired frog man or something. Because <laughs> otherwise, I don't know, man. Okay, go ahead. Number one is Colorado. Okay. Wait, like, are you going from the best? It's just how the list goes. So I'm, number one is the best? I, I don't know. Wow, frog man's not playing list. around. Yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to be one of the best states to bug out in because of the Rocky Mountains providing water and wildlife, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of trees to help build shelter from the elements. Okay. It also has, on average, 300 days of sunlight per It has year. more sunlight than California. I did not know that. Well, that's because you've never been to Colorado as a Californian. Mm, because mm. anyone in California, when they find out you're from California, that's the first thing they say to you. <laughs> Ask me how I know. I'm from California. Well, we get more days of sunlight. Like, literally. <laughs> you'll see somebody, like, they'll hear it in the background. And then you just see them start merging closer, like, with a big <laughs> smile on their face. Just I have like, to tell you something. Like, I, I got to splash this in here. And we're talking about like, so I was at the bingo hall and uh, I was, I was doing pretty good. Like, Colorado gets more sun. <laughs> this is like Android users, right? <laughs> talking about. He, he actually punched a vegan cool. out just to get to me. <laughs> he was like that vegan guy was like right next to the CrossFit he was guy. Fit, no, he, 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 he took the CrossFit guy out first. So he's obviously a prepper. He's good at threat detection. <laughs> He went with the guy that was athletic first. He knew he could take, save the vegan for last because they got weak blood. <laughs> it was it was it was crazy. It was wild. It was funny. Uh, you know, we saw, you know we what? Saw, You're so wrong about vegans too, mm-hmm. because some of the world's like most fit and strong mm-hmm. bodybuilders, it's a, vegan. Vegan. It's a joke. Yeah. I'm ki- I'm kidding, that vegan guy could be the cross. But guy. what was funny is in the back of the room, I saw somebody um, sitting there eating a five way. And they <laughs> stood up and they saw it go down and they sat right back down. <laughs> they were going to come over and tell me about Skyline Chili. <laughs> okay. The York rep- the, the York representatives went running out of the establishment. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Colorado's about to spit some facts. <laughs> we got to. Stand down. Stand down. <laughs> Disengage. Abort. The next state is Alaska. Okay. So this is very surprising to me. Okay. <laughs> but people in Alaska have been living off the land for hundreds of years. Yeah. Wildlife is plentiful. Lots of fresh water. And there's a very low rate of natural disasters that occur in Alaska. But the ones they do get will wreck you. Because even natural disasters don't love the cold. Yeah, earthquakes (laughs) do, though. And they're pretty gnarly up there. Is that true? Oh, dude, the the Alaskan earthquake is huge. Yeah. Really? I mean, it was a long time ago, but... Uh, There are also... uh, There aren't any nuclear power plants to worry about... uh, having okay. a, a, that kind of disaster. That's the least thing I was worried about. Because like in a grid down situation, you want to be by a nuclear power plant because it doesn't require anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one. Mm-hmm. And shout out to uh, Evan and Dom. No. Ohio. Get out of here. Yes. Ohio contains the largest population of Amish people. In the entire it contains country. the most, the highest population of people that want to bug out at any time. 
<laughs> from the state. <laughs> so in a disaster, you're the only one there. No. <laughs> Ohio's great. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do love Ohio. <laughs> Love's the wrong it's, word. I, I like Ohio. It's it's fine. <laughs> you have okay feelings about I'm, Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> the okay estate, Ohio. <laughs> so... A survival frog is taking the largest population of Amish people being able to survive and maintain in Ohio as proof mm-hmm. that people can successfully live off the land in perpetuity. So the Amish people are to states that you can bug out in mm-hmm. as the Kopi Luwak is to coffee beans. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't think they're crapping out Ohio. <laughs> I mean... I wasn't going there. I'm saying that they pick the best coffee beans. Okay. The Amish pick the best location to to, to live. Ohio also has excellent water and farming and is ranked one of the least likely states to be obliterated by a natural disaster. (laughs) That's pretty. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well done, Ohio. And uh, the last state on this list... (laughs) And now I want to get into the worst states, but we don't have time. Yeah, no, we're because you know on. I will I will drop the link. Go in read the, the show blog notes so that you can get as irate as you want. And if you'd love to comment to us directly, join the Discord. Link will be in the show notes, and there is a HRCC podcast chat room. Yeah, and we have a lot of fun talking to people yes. about the podcast. <laughs> the last, uh, the last of the best is Oregon. Hmm. This state contains a lot of people with anti-government and a rebellious attitude. Plus, they're by the ocean, so you get right potential food, extra food from the ocean. Great farmland, water, sure. natural resources. Mm-hmm. The downside is the rain, but it's actually lighter than what they get in Seattle. So Okay. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, the rain's good. You collect rain, but you're going to have difficulty with solar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Colorado. We actually have a friend who, in her retirement from the military, went to just yeah run a, a crabbing. She bugged out. Yeah, she's she lives on the coast of Oregon. Yeah, and she just crabs all day. She gets up in the morning, checks the checks the crab traps, empties them out. Drops oh, I, I them thought you were going to tell me she she uses some kind of like crab sensor. Checks are is the crab biting today? Like. <laughs> No, the crabs, they get into the traps and then I you know. just empty the yeah. traps, right? Yeah. And then she just survives off crabs. I mean, she, that's a, she, she has lots of crab recipes. She just survives off crabs. <laughs> okay. She, she's got a freezer full of crabs. <laughs> crabs are mowing the lawn. Yeah. <gasps> random household work. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to be so angry. Okay, I'm just going to run through the list of worst states. I cannot okay. resist. Okay. okay, I'm not going to get into the reasons, but when I tell you what the worst states that is listed here, yeah. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> oh, I already know directly. one of them is going to, people are going to lose it. You can go directly to the blog. Don't talk to Comment me. Comment them directly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one is Florida. Yeah, okay. Number two is Texas. Yeah, I, I, I felt that coming. Number three is Wyoming. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's cold? Uh, I will read this because you're asking yeah. me. Part of bugging out is being able to duck, cover, and hide from potential threats, looters, marauders, law enforcement, etc. 
Wyoming is incredibly flat. <laughs> the open state makes it difficult to survive from land and air attacks. It's also infamous for its wind, making it difficult to maintain a bug out shelter hmm. or outdoor gardening space, especially in the freezing cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the last of the worst is Rhode Island. Not even California. We didn't make the worst. Look at that. Rhode Island. Okay, fine. They, they don't even want to mention us. That's why. Like, that is where the natural disaster came from. It's already ground zero. Nobody's bugging into ground zero. All right. Well, I will go ahead and put this link in the show notes. I'm so sorry to... Well, what's what's funny is that in those in the states that uh, survival frog listed as the worst, mm -hmm. those are some of the most prepared people. <laughs> ready to bug out. They're ready to invade Colorado. <laughs> They're coming, Colorado. Or Oregon. Oh, mm. Oregon's not prepared. Texans are gonna come flying into Oregon. It's gonna be crazy. I love Oregon. That's what I would go You've to never Oregon. been. Yes, I have. Oregon? I went without you. I took Ben. <laughs> I went without you. That was Ben's first plane flight. What did you do in Oregon? We went to Portland. And then we drove up to Seattle. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. You went to um, Voodoo Donuts. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I saw all of the things in Portlandia in person. <laughs> yeah, I got to see it. And, and I remember when... I got to Portland and we were exploring everything, right? Mm -hmm. Portland is so beautifully green. Mm -hmm. It is, it, it, it's a city that was built with nature preservation in mind. It's incredible. Great. It's incredible. Great place I, I for, love it for so much. lots of people to live. But everybody's in a treehouse. <laughs> but what I realized when I got there was that Portlandia isn't mocking Portland. Portlandia like is a love letter. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I love it so much. Mm. Love, I love Portland. I don't understand how anybody m makes enough money in Portland <laughs> to pay for what I assume to be relatively high rent. Their lifestyle. And the amount of drinking after 5 p.m. <laughs> there is a lot of drinking in Portland. Indeed, indeed. Very good. It's confusing for me. <laughs> well, it is time, Leah. Are mm. you ready? I hope we're all ready mm. for the email correspondence tower. <gasps> What's happening? What is happening? The staircases change, remember? Hogwarts Tower. I get it. <laughs> Let's go this way before the staircase moves again. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for everybody that emails us, Leia at hamtactical.com. Leave your comments, leave your questions, ham radio related or otherwise, but we love the ham radio questions. And if you got a merch idea for the store, hamtactical.com, if we like the idea enough, we will make a merch. And if it was your idea, you get one for free. So thanks, everybody. Leia, take it away. All right. Well, thank you for that uh, magical introduction. Yes, I <laughs> thought you would enjoy that. Better than the squeaky door thing that I had. Yeah, that was spooky. Yeah. Yeah. The first email is titled, The Joke's on Josh. Uh-oh. And this is from Greg. We're kicking it off. Here we go. 
I'm the guy that had the less than stellar field day experience. I was working on it from the start of field day until about midnight. I couldn't get back on the air on Sunday due to it being a travel day. I think I was just disappointed in the number of people that seemed to be rude. Hmm. I've done a lot of POTA hunting and have activated a few parks. I guess I expected field day to be more like POTA than oh, a regular contest. No, it's it's more like there's a, a, a table and it's full of food. Okay. But there's too many people at this party. For all the food on the table. Is this the platform? <laughs> it's a little bit like the platform. It's the platform. I, I, I wanted to make that reference, but I thought it would be too difficult to explain the whole movie. If you have not seen the platform, go it's watch the platform. It's a pretty simple premise. No, I understand. But basically, eh, we're not gonna, I'm not going to do it. But imagine that like <laughs> people with amplifiers and large antennas, they're f- much faster than you at getting mm-hmm. to the table. Mm-hmm. So they grab all the good food really fast right right like on the platform like on the platform uh (laughs) yes that is a weird friggin' movie by the way wow okay keep going i have not participated in any contest but i have listened on a couple of those weekends Mm -hmm. we booked our camping trip back in january i was not overly active on radio at that time i got it got close to time to go and i stumbled upon the national radio quiet zone this oh. is an area of about 13,000 square miles. I know where he was at. That surrounds the Green Bank Observatory and the Sugar Grove Na- Naval Radio Station. Mm-hmm. The campground we were staying in is just barely inside this zone. I went to their site and there's a rule about broadcasting and erecting antennas. I was so disappointed since I planned on playing radio the entire week. I emailed the point of contact for the NRQZ asking if I could get on the air. Shortly after, I got an email from the director stating that these rules only apply to permanent installations. Yeah. Also, you're using frequencies that aren't going to bother them, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm sure that you can imagine how thrilled I was to be able to get on the air. Yeah. Someone asked why it's not Huntsville, and Josh mentioned or Huntsville. And Josh mentioned that the people at Boeing in that town pronounced it that way and told everyone that it was Huntsville. Yes. Well, that was a long burn joke. They went back and told everyone else that it's really Huntsville. The joke's on Josh. (laughs) 73, (laughs) Greg, and three, GDS. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. I don't know what you want me to say. You know what, Greg? Give contesting another shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next email is titled August Event in the Northeast and Other Things. And this is from our Mapley friend, Russ. Right on, Russ. Hello, Leah and Josh. I received an email from the Northern Berkshire Arc in Adams, Massachusetts, advising that they have scheduled their ham fest. Anyhow, I was chatting with Nate K1MAZ. That's our volunteer podcast co-producer. That's right. <laughs> yeah about the possibility of doing an HRCC meetup type of thing. And I was wondering if there was anyone else who would be interested in attending. The event is on August 22nd, 2021, and opens at um, 700, oh, 700, oh. Uh, with some night raffle items. Wow. Uh, Russ attaches a flyer. I will put that in the show notes. I am doing much better, uh, and thank you all for the well wishes. Russ was not feeling well the last time he wrote in. Mm -hmm. While I was at home, I looked at what 
uh, it would require to redesign my shack slash cave. Josh, is it a 10 by 20 space? Do you think I should do the shelving units as you suggested or go rack mount? I currently have one 24U rack that houses my 33 centimeter Brandmeister repeater project, but I need space for analog and digital HF, VHF, UHF gear, two, t- <coughs> excuse me, two 3D printers, mm-hmm. NAS, gaming PC, NVR, etc. Not to mention my RF diagnostic uh, diagnostic gear, scopes, VNA, PS meters, etc. Now I'm just rambling. Anyhow, back to chasing my little boy while he chases his chickens and rabbits. So yeah, whenever you can get away with rack stuff, you do rack stuff. It saves a lot of space. But all the gear you mentioned, you most likely don't have rack gear versions of that. Unless you get like a step IR or not a step IR. And what, what was the what was the shelving units you suggested? Oh, built in. I was saying if you're going to go, if you have complete control of the space and it's empty, mm-hmm. built in desks, built in shelves, uh, really gets you closer to the wall, and you can deck it out however you want. A wraparound desk that goes all the way around the room that you have all your stuff on. A ten by twelve space mm-hmm. would. Maybe allow you to do on one side a floor to ceiling, like two feet deep shelves. Why can't you do that on every wall? Because then you're shrinking down that that 10 by 10. Yeah, but he's going to have that gear anyway. It's, it's about maximizing the space without making it feel suffocating. I understand that you have no problem. <laughs> Suffocate me being gear. Surrounded Suffocate me. In your ADD needing to see everything visually in Suffocate front of you. Suffocate me. <laughs> yeah. Bury me with my gear. Yeah. <laughs> I need a 10 by 20 room. But if you were to do just um, a wall of shelving. Okay. Right. What, Leah? I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. But uh, you're not. I'm not a. I'm, I'm you're not. not a, I'm like, not a hammy enough. You are enough. a ham, but I'm you're not, not hammy like enough. He he mentioned like RF equipment. Like he's talking about oscilloscopes and stuff. This is a guy who's got radio gear and soldering iron gear and RF gear for doing oscilloscope stuff. He needs like designated zones. Yeah, but right? uh, but what I'm saying is if you do these floor to ceiling shelves, mm-hmm. the center of every the center shelf or at whatever height you want could be a desk. Sure. But I'm saying you just take it you just wrap the <gasps> desk all the way around the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you've got radio spot, okay. 3 feet of radio, 3 feet of kit building. Three feet of oscilloscopes and test equipment. You can talk about this functionally. I'm going to speak about it aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Russ, your wife would very much prefer everything to be organized on one wall. He didn't say anything about his wife. He didn't say anything about that. He said he's got a 10 by 20 space. Fair enough. Fill it. All right. (laughs) Russ signs off 73 KC5 CNT. Thank you, Russ. Uh, Good luck. You do need to leave a wall for some kind of maple syrup altar that they have (laughs) they've got an altar right that they have to right right the maple tree actually comes straight through into the office Mm, you know yeah it's like that uh it's like the memorial where they have a flame that's always running you know at any time like it's a memorial thing that that many places do the the eternal flame Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um in in vermont it's an internal it's an eternally boiling (laughs) pot of maple syrup 
<laughs> and there's a tree that's just constantly <laughs> dripping sap into it. And it's just this forever maple. I can't think of a better thing to have in your house. There's actually. the aesthetics you were looking <laughs> yes. for. Nailed it. And what a pleasant smell. And just a the tree maple. is an antenna mast <gasps> for an antenna. Wow. There you go, Russ. Live in the Nailed dream. <laughs> Live in Nailed the dream. It. Okay. So uh, Stefan writes in uh, to clarify some questions we had. We're, we're very excited because mm-hmm. uh, Stefan is building his own house on his homestead, mm. uh, w- to which the possibilities are endless, right? And if 10 Josh- by 20 room. Full of radio. <laughs> You're like, no. 30 by 30. Oh, man. (laughs) So, uh, Stefan uh, provides some pictures. I'll put those in the HRCC uh, podcast channel on Discord. But uh, he's describing a little bit about what goes on on his homestead. Mm -hmm. Regarding how we do everything on the homestead, little by little, we don't have the entire plot cultivated. One to two acres are open field. One to two acres are woods, mostly sugar maples. (laughs) (laughs) The last acre and a half is where our house, barns, garden, and animals are. Also, I got the orchard going a while ago, and I'm waiting for it to really produce. Little Mm. by little is the answer, and I also drop projects or certain animals for a while until I have time to focus on them again. I do have a friend who has five acres under cultivation in a CSA. I don't know how they do it, but we enjoy some of their produce, so we're glad they do it. Cool. Uh, Stefan signs off. Regards, KD9SSQ. Now, I find this, if this is the exact bug out community you want to be in, where it's just farms next to farms and you're all growing and able to help each other Mm -hmm. and uh, swap produce. Don't tell the survivor frog about this. No. (laughs) Fair enough. I think, I I believe that uh, Stefan's in Indiana. So, didn't even make the list. Hmm. Sorry. All right. Thank you for that update, Stefan. I'm excited to see how your homestead comes along. Very good. The, yeah, we love that. Thank you for sharing the pictures. The These pictures have so much lumber in them. I can only assume that. At that the man's rich. Lumber, yeah, that's, you are. You got wow. a lot of cash flow. <laughs> Why you got to show off like that? <laughs> the next email is from our good friend, Matt, HRCC admin. Oh. And uh, HRA uh, leader over there. Founding, Ham, founding yeah, member. Yeah. Founding member. And uh, really, Poda, Poda. Poda Savant. Poda, he's, he's yeah. out, and Poda King. There's probably some Poda Kings in contention. For, yes. He's definitely that's why out I there. Did, yeah, that's why I didn't say Poda. Poda royalty? Poda, yeah. Poda aristocracy. Poda, Poda Duke? Dukedom? Poda Viscount? <laughs> Well, this is titled Candy. So I have to mention my favorite candy bar. Mm -hmm. It's called Coffee Crisp. I think I've had that. Have you? Does it taste like coffee? I don't know. I I can get them for a short window here in Florida when the local Publix brings them in for the Canadians that love to visit Florida in the winter. Oh, it's a Canadian candy? Also, I broke my soda bean band hopper yesterday. Time to splice it together. It happens. I do use it a lot. At least I had a backup antenna. Mm-hmm, there you go. <laughs> 
Well, have fun, guys, with the pod. Cheers and 73, Matt, AE4MQ. Very good, Matt. And Matt has provided some uh, pictures of his ham accomplishments, um, as well as uh, a picture of his rig expert, and I'm guessing the antenna he broke. How about a POTA comp troller? What? <laughs> Can we go with that? That's not even royal. Yeah, that's... Well, we live in a democracy. How Democratic about, Republic, really, but... How about a... Um, is it a Marchand? What? A Marchand. A Mar... What is Mar- that? Oh, it's a Marques. A Marques. A Marques. Yeah. That sounds like yes. a French term. <laughs> Thanks, Matt, for that update. I'm so sorry that you broke your soda bean bandhopper. The next uh, email is actually a tweet. Uh, oh. That was emailed to me, and it's from uh, Kenneth and. Is it just a screenshot VKF. of a tweet? <laughs> no. Oh. It's a T-shirt idea. Okay. It's a picture of a hotspot with a tagline: "I work all my DX through the internet." <laughs> <laughs> that you seem, you seem amused by that. That is funny the, because that will piss a lot of people off. What, that will really? piss off some some salty hams. Some salted hams would be a little little miffed if you wore that around that would be funny though that all right that actually is not bad that, that's i like that okay i like that. okay josh is thinking on it okay right. well if we make the shirt you can, Kenneth, you can do a, you can make you can draw a, a hot spot pretty easily i think all right okay huh. we'll think on it all right all right kenneth and for vkf thank you for the idea we could we make, make a whole it, line of just trolling are- just the trolling troll, line. The, the troll shirts. We really like to make ham salty. <laughs> you can't be a ham if you're not salty. I prefer to think of myself as a honey baked ham, very well balanced. <laughs> you know? I have a crispy crust. <laughs> All right, the next email is. And I like hot and sweet mustard poured on me. Tantalizing. Tantalizing mustard. <laughs> This is from Paul. And actually, Paul Paul's email is just requesting that we have SPF 50 long sleeve shirts made. I like that idea. I'm a big fan of sun shirts. I, I am, too. They're just they're hard to source with the with the printer. Uh, Paul, I will look into it and I will let you know. I know we have long sleeve shirts, but they're not. They're not the uh, sunshade type shirts. So I'm down. Though. I apologize. You're welcome to take a look at the existing long sleeve collection though. Uh, it's getting you most of the way there, I feel. A long sleeve shirt? Sure. Sure. I mean, it's not it's not as breathable. Here's as... what you do. You get yourself some copper tone. <laughs> Soak your shirt Soak in it. Soak your shirt in it. <laughs> and then mod podge it. <laughs> <laughs> then immediately put it on. <laughs> Maybe sprinkle a little glitter on yourself. Fancy it up a little bit. This happened to you. This is, this is literally what I was channeling <laughs> yes. when I was thinking about it. All right. The next email is from our good friend Thomas. And it's a correction. You know how I, you need a sound clip for corrections. That's. <laughs> I mean, it could be that one. Fair enough. Minor error in the general license Snake. answer. Uh, what? Minor error in the general license answer. Uh-oh. Hi, Leia and Josh. Regarding episode 100, around the four hour and 10 minute after start, this email is to correct the record uh, and 
the explanation for the the minor error in the answer. Okay. The question asked, which of the following is used to process signals from the balanced modulator, then send them to the mixer in some SSB phone transmitters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The correct answer is filters. That, yep. Josh then described a single sideband receiver process. Yep. You got me. I, I felt about that when I was like, I think I did that wrong. And I did. Close, but no cigar. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest. <laughs> Please see attached block diagrams for a receiver, a filter type <laughs> transmitter, and a phasing tape transmitter Nicely for done. comparison. Nicely done, sir. The filter removes the unwanted sideband and the carrier. Hope yep. this helps. There you go. Thomas, eighty-six TW. <laughs> that was Thank nicely you, done Thomas. on a correction. Thank you for doing it that way and bringing the facts. Uh, Thomas, there are no pictures attached to those. Oh, Thomas. If I had them, no. (laughs) I take it all back, Thomas. You were so close. (laughs) Thomas, now you have to send an email correcting your correction. (laughs) Call yourself out. Provide the correction to your correction. (laughs) Also make sure you note that it was at the 56 minute 38 second point of the podcast. You know what? You should be so grateful to Thomas because I am. he, is, of course he I am. is. If there was somebody, Rob Bailey and Thomas are really the researchers no, in our email correspondence. I, did, tower. did anything I just say yeah. come across I'm, as not? I'm, being de- I'm defending Thomas. You take I, that sad sound back. I cannot. I cannot. It's it's burnt in, man. That's that's. We do it live now. I don't do this in editing. Well, thank you, Thomas. If um, if you get a chance to, I'm, I'm uh, legit. I, I appreciate the corrections. I, I, there's no. If anybody, you're so salty. You, you, yeah, that's me. Um, if anybody tried to live up to the, I know all the things about ham radio. You will die at a young age. <laughs> like it will, it will. Your heart will blow up. There's no way that you can do it. You can't. Fight all the internet battles. You just, <laughs> I don't know how you could survive. The stress alone, the weight of all of that information would kill you. You would be like Atlas. Holding. Or Sisyphus, more like the, oh, no, Alice is a good example, yeah. but I, I like the, like, constantly fighting to push a stone mm. up a hill. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Thomas, if you um, actually have the block diagrams, I'd be happy to drop them in the HRCC podcast, or you are welcome. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Drop them in the uh, mm-hmm. Discord. We'd appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you for always being accurate be and well-researched, Thomas. There you go. The next email is titled, Josh went there and so am I. Uh-oh. And this is from Charlie. Leia and Josh. Firstly, I've attached a picture of moose poop in my backyard so that Leia can finally have something to reference when oh, others undoubtedly continue to write in about Because it. I, I did not show her a picture of moose poop. So, yeah, this is very apropos. Now I'm going to open. Oh, they are little. They're little they, look like, they look like little rocks. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. like little pebbles. That's okay. Fair enough. After listening. Forbidden acorn. To- <laughs> After listening to last week's episode, I'd acorns like to give my forbidden. what acorns are kind of already forbidden. Yeah, but like poison air- I mean, squirrels, I guess. Uh, well, Some the American acorns. Indians did too. Native Americans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd like to give my one beer's worth play on my last name <laughs> because Charlie's last name is Beerworth. <laughs> Beerworth? Yes, but it's it's B I E R and worth with an I. Instead of an O. So that's a German anyway. last name. I 
Maybe. Man. Yeah. There's a name right there. <laughs> I'm jealous. So Charlie's one beer's worth about something I'd been thinking about for a while. My thoughts are in reference to the multiple night recording format you have adopted. Not all nights. We we we, right. we clarified that on the nights where I don't have Work the, the next Friday day. off. Yeah. Then it's a two part. Mm-hmm. because I go to work on Friday. I can't stay up till three or four in the morning doing right. the podcast. I am very thankful that you two have decided to split up the recording of the show over multiple nights to better improve your lives and more importantly, your family. Listening to the podcast and knowing everything you guys have going on in your lives, I often wondered how you did it all. You two choosing to lessen the stress on your lives is a great lesson and example for others to follow, especially with people returning back to lives that were probably very special before the panoramic. (laughs) I got questions about that, too, why you say that. Oh, you just use different words than the pandemic. That sounds yeah. panoramic. Um, I still like the Panama Canal. Uh, uh, and Pandora. we must be clear, no one loses anything really on the podcast because we um, always stop when we run out of emails. Yeah. So we just pick it back up with the yeah. new emails and so nothing is lost. True story. Yeah. Furthermore, I died laughing when Josh made the Dominic Toretto family joke. After Leia was less than impressed, though. Oh, and and the the world has has <laughs> followed me right into the the. It's about family. All the the memes of family. It's because of the new people, movie is coming out. But people are coming up with the most ingenious, like the Harry Potter one. Did you see the Harry Potter one? No, but I bet I'd love it. Where it's like, okay, we're going to have a competition of like, it's a show-off competition. Who can like show, what do you have that the other person doesn't oh, yes. have? And yes. Harry's like, I have my invisibility cloak. And, and he's like, put it on. And he puts it on. He's like, wow, it's good. And then it's Dominic Toretto. He's like, I've got my family. It's <laughs> <laughs> brutal. <laughs> so good. I knew I had to write in and explain just how important family really is. Many of the memes floating around the internet show Dom showing up various movie scenes and essentially saying that you can do anything with family. (laughs) So good. I thought I'd bring this sentiment to the podcast. Look back at all the sentences of this email. You'll find that the first words start with the letters that spell out the most important thing of all. Family. Nice. Well done, Charlie. Nice. With a cipher. Furthermore. <coughs> That's an encoded after, message. Yeah. Um, many of the memes floating around <laughs> look back at all. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, 73, Charlie, K-I-5-K-B-N. Nicely Thank done, you, Charlie. Charlie. Well done. All right, the next email is titled Surviving Flooded Shredded Wheat Poop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is from Greg. You know that the original shredded wheat is still available. The box actually says original big biscuit, but you guys are wrong about shredded wheat. It did not float, but only because nobody had a cereal bowl big enough for it to float in. (laughs) There's a reason that it was called a pillow. I'll have you know that I went in search of this big biscuit. Yeah. Okay. okay. You talked about it. Yes. And so I went to go find uh-huh. somewhere I could 
the boxes for this when you try to order through Walmart or whatever because they don't carry it locally here. Right. There's, there's too many people with like a glue, a, a wheat allergy locally right. or something. Right. Banned in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big wheat. Though, you know, I take that back. I think maybe Food for Less might carry it because it came up on my instant cart for uh, for Food for Less. Okay. But I don't know where the closest Food for Less is. It might be a couple cities over. It's down it was, by the, uh, the bingo hall. It was $7 a box to order it online. It's like eight pounds of wheat. <laughs> You're getting it cheap. <laughs> Think about the conversion of a bushel. And they shredded it for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Think of the work that went in. <laughs> Greg continues. Owl pellets are not poop. They actually vomit up the non-digestible parts of their foods, like bones and hair. You are correct, Greg. Who, wait, who said Thank anything you. about owl pellets? I did. When we were talking about moose poop, I was like, oh, like owl pellets. Or is it like owl pellets? And I, I corrected you immediately. Any scout worth his salt knows <laughs> what an owl pellet is. That's like the, so, um, that's a thing, by the way, like finding owl pellets. Yeah. And they're actually, them. they're really hard to find though. There's not just like a spot that all owls go to and like cough up pellets. Like they're super random. If you find them, that's like a gem. People find them and then save them for a long time until there's like boy scouts that are doing an event. Oh, I'm pretty sure people sell them online. <laughs> now, <laughs> when I was a scout, there wasn't an online I bet they that even... didn't go, you've got mail when you started it up. I I bet they've even got some selling at the uh, scout shop. Did you did you ask for owl pellets when you went to the scout shop? No. <laughs> did you have a good time taking Ben to the scout shop? You built a yeah, rocket. I did. Oh, no, the that wasn't at the scout shop though. Right. The scout event it. was fun. Yeah. Everybody was way too nonchalant about it though. I'm uh, like, we're making rockets. I don't care if they shoot water. <laughs> Get in the game. <laughs> So our our pack, Ben's pack, had a uh, bunch of amateurs, a rocket building contest, right? And I didn't go. I was working on my deadlines, so I sent Josh. I kept Edison home with me, so mm -hmm. Josh and Ben had, you know, Ben daddy time. Uh, but I have a couple of very close girlfriends where our kids are friends. They've mm -hmm. known each other for five years yeah. or more, and so. I tell Josh, you know, look for them mm -hmm. and you guys can build together. And so my <laughs> one of my friends sends me a picture and it's you building a rocket. And I'm like, oh, my God, Helen, is he not letting Ben build that rocket? Is he building that rocket by himself? <laughs> and, and then Helen's so kind of was like, no, Ben's definitely helping. He did a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll then, be honest. He did a bit. <laughs> and then so I talked to Sarah and Sarah goes, no, Josh built that whole thing on his own. He didn't, he didn't let. I explained everything what I was doing to Ben. I explained it to him. And then, Ben was over it after like the first launch. He was like, the nose cone got wet and it got deformed. And he was like, I'm done. I, I let him make. I can't believe it got wet. I, I let Why him make the nose cone. plastic? I let him make the nose cone. I kind of cut out a rough shape and I said, okay, well, you need to make the cone mm -hmm. and tape it. And then we're going to attach it to the top and then we're going to. You're going to take the scissors and cut around the edge. I totally let him do all that. Uh-huh. Totally. Uh -huh. Yeah, Sarah. Because did. that's not the important part. Yeah. <laughs> it's the vertical stabilizer. Sarah Very said important. you got really intense. <laughs> and that you were definitely taking it 
much more seriously than anyone else. Yeah, everybody else thought it was really fun to just have like stuff on their rocket that when it launched, it just fell off of it and made like all this detritus. You were the, in the only one who brought area. cardboard too, right? I'm the only one that brought cardboard. <laughs> Everybody's like, this construction paper is going to be great at stabilizing this rocket's it flight. It does nothing. <laughs> horror it's just you're so disgusted i, got, I was like I, so, I literally looked around and i'm like what is going on here i hate to break it to you but you are literally the reason that they have rules for i'm the pine literally the pine wood, yes I'm, you are the dad that they are trying to fight against and i heard you had a conversation with uh canny helen's husband yeah about the about the Pinewood Derby and how unfair it is that they had all these rules. Yeah. But what, what's hilarious is that Kenny didn't build the Pinewood Derby car for Ellie. Helen did. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny is just crying. Oh, I hope they don't listen. Kenny's getting called out here. He's getting called out. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like, Candy's grabbing at all of these rules to make it so that dads can't like get overzealous and Candy didn't get any zealous. <laughs> he just <laughs> he, he was I see what you did there. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh yeah, no, I, I took it I, I think that the vertical stabilizers were the trick that nobody really caught mm-hmm. on to. What was funny though is that like they were worried about safety of this whole thing. So they cocked the launching pad at a 45 degree angle so that it would fire away from the children. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's an, a novel approach, I guess. <laughs> so what I did was um, after Ben got you upset. You corrected the cocking. <laughs> no, no, it still okay. fired at 45 degrees. Uh-huh. I just used the rocket to bring it back to the launch pad. And I landed it almost hitting children. You used your powers for evil? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I so I, I built so we, we did three launches, right? So the first launch was uh vertical oh, stabilizer. Come up with rules for the rocket event. Now. <laughs> no altering the path of the Oh no no no. Uh so I, I made vertical stabilizers, three fins, and I, I used corrugated cardboard. I even took that a bit too far. Um because I wanted it to be light but still have the rigidity of cardboard. So sure. cardboard uh, is two sheets of paper with a corrugated center. Mm. I just removed one of the pieces of paper. So I was like stripping cardboard for a good portion of this whole thing. <laughs> Nobody knew what I was doing. You could have just brought like a poster board or no, cardboard stock. No, you need the corrugated center. You need the corrugation, the, the okay. waffle. All right. You're basically okay. using like a waffle cut, the rigidity and strength of, of that vertical. Okay. Anyway. So I cut that all out. First launch. Why didn't you just 3D print the fins, Josh? The, the thought had crossed retro, my mind. In retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> the thought had crossed my mind. So I cut them all out and mounted them with tape. And I did just a rough job with all of this. Did the first launch. It definitely held trajectory all the way through its actual boost. A lot of people, when they fired it, it just kind of like the, the nozzle mm-hmm. would come about the back end. Mm-hmm. And it would just kind of spin and do whatever because they had no control. They had no stability on anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very important. I mean, if you're making a rocket, yes, that's literally the whole point of the exercise. Right. You want the energy to be applied to the direction you want the thing to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just roughly hogged it out, did that all. Then second launch, um, I reinforced the top end of the vertical stabilizers with diamond cut pieces of tape. 
Okay, then. So after the second launch, Ben was like, uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> I don't can we need... go? <laughs> and he was upset about the nose cone. Like, that's kind of why he was He's like, upset. Dad, can we go to HRO now? And you're like, no, we're here to finish this. We went to HRO after yes. this. But I, yeah, normally you could have pulled me away to go to HRO at any time. <laughs> so what I did was I went back and I'm like, well, there's a 45 degree angle on the launcher. What if I built another nose cone that was 45 degree tilted towards one side? <laughs> And so I built this. Uh, so basically, we're, we're we're really launching like a plane instead of a, a rocket, right? Okay. <laughs> so I I oriented the nose cone with the forty five degree tip, tip up uh, in the direction of two of the vertical stabilizers. So I basically made a plane uh-huh. with a with a lower leading vertical stabilizer. And I brought it back to the guy, and he was like, "What's what's this for?" And I'm like, uh, "Just align it so that the the two Side <laughs> wings are kind of like wings, like on a plane, like just align them at the top, right? And make the nose cone look up. And he was like, oh, okay. Our pack leader mm-hmm. is an engineer, though. He couldn't have looked at that and not been like, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> so Ben launched it. And normally they fired off about 30 feet mm-hmm. at, at a 45 degree angle, yeah. 30 feet from the launch pad and then landed. Uh-huh. Ours did a loop. So it, it, it reached the, the peak of the thrust, and that brought it vertically over the launch pad. So it fired off at a 45-degree angle, but the nose cone pitched it back up vertically and then looped it back and almost hit the guy that was the docent for the launch pad. What is wrong? <laughs> Science! Trying to engineer some pain. No, I, it, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's a two-liter bottle. It's not that did, kids these days cry if you hit them with water from a water gun too hard. Okay, there was a dad. So, yeah. so oddly enough, the kids were also experimenting. They were playing around with how much water they could put in the um, in the bottle and have it still be efficient. Uh huh. Right for for the the boost. One of the kids just completely filled the bottle with the bottle with water. Normally, you put like maybe two cups of water in a two-liter <laughs> bottle. He filled the whole thing. More water, more thrust. But then the forty-five degree angle becomes problematic because once you attach it to the launcher, it immediately just falls over. Right. So one of the dads is just holding the thing down at the forty-five degree angle, and then they just launch it on the dad, just just standing there. And when it launched, it was really cool because it just made like a vertical pipe of water, basically. Oh, cool. It didn't go anywhere. Sure. <laughs> but it was fun. And so they they, they learned, you know, the, the whole yeah. power to weight ratio thing. So, I explained that to Ben. I'm like, he's like, can we do that? And I'm like, we could. <laughs> but we'd be sacrificing vertical lift. <laughs> and Ben completely understood what you meant. Because, son... The pressure is limited on the launcher. It has a pressure release valve. And also, we would need a vessel that could contain that number of atmospheres to pressurize that amount of liquid. <laughs> and that's like totally reasonable mm-hmm. to a, a yeah. second grader. <laughs> I noticed, I also, <laughs> I uh, people launched before us. Mm-hmm. And one of the launch pads had a much weaker relief valve. Uh, so you're like, no, I'm going to wait for this other uh, Correct. One. Yes. <laughs> correct. <laughs> And so this was not a contest. No, I don't care. My <laughs> life is a contest did, with myself. Did, the only one I'm, uh, the only one I'm competing <laughs> against is myself, Leah. 
Did anybody else appreciate your engineering? Or was everybody The, the guy that I almost hit, he was like, that was cool. How'd you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well. <laughs> let, me, let me explain to you. Son, would you like to build a rocket? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he goes, can we go to HRO after? <laughs> <laughs> You're my new favorite, son. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a divergence. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, for derailing your email for a second there. Uh, Greg continues, you guys were talking about a house getting flooded. When we were shopping for our house, one of the places we looked at was a very cute contemporary house. Mm-hmm. It looked fantastic on paper. We arrived and started our walkthrough. Everything was dead on for what we were looking at. For in a house. That sucks. We finished walking the above ground floors and I headed into the basement. I went down four steps and had to stop there because there was six feet of water in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) That is so messed up. That is so messed up. From that point on, we joked about the house we looked at with the indoor pool. (laughs) Man, that sucks. I'm going to offer up another YouTube channel that I think a lot of listeners would really like. Nope. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Wait till I tell you who it is. OH8 STN Ham Radio. For those not familiar with Julian's stuff, it concentrates on MCOM and survival radio. As a newbie, I've learned almost as much there as on HRCC. But he's got some next level stuff happening over there, and I'm not ready to go there quite yet. Yeah. I mean, Julian is very smart in what he does. He's an expat, though, right? He's a yeah. uh, he, retired Marine, actually lived in California. He and I have talked before. And he's like out of Norway or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he lives out there with his, I'm, I'm assuming his wife, significant other, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have seen Julian's stuff, and he is—he's um, methodical he's out there. and well thought out. And but he goes out like all the time. His videos yeah, are like when you in say the out there, field. he goes out there. Yeah. <laughs> in a field, <laughs> he goes in a woods. Josh hates it when I talk about ham radio tea, but the last thing I ever saw about Julian was him getting an argument with Rhea on Twitter. So. so. <laughs> Julian and I have a history of, of having some stuff and he sometimes can get salty with people in comments. And he also got into something with Rhea. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. I, good, I, I, good luck looking for it on Twitter. He, <laughs> he puts out great content. Yeah. He's methodical. He knows what he's talking about. That's. Yeah, absolutely. He's good for ham radio. He that's, is. That's what he I'll is. say. He yeah. is. I mean, I wouldn't get in a fight with Rhea, though. <laughs> Just that, is the, that is literally the last person in she's radio so getting a fight nice with. she's nice but she's also really smart yes and also i'm just not going to bring down that kind of heat <laughs> i'm just not going to do it <laughs> all right now a question for josh i'm hoping that i'll have this figured out before the next podcast but it can't hurt to ask it may help someone else i took my ic7300 with me when i went camping a couple of weeks ago I hooked to a Wolf River coil and did fine. Uh Uh-oh. Droopy, droopy, droopy Wolf River? Just yesterday, I hooked it back up in my ham shack. I went to use it. If I was at any power over 50%, it shuts down the radio. 
So obviously there's big RF coming into the shack. Any suggestions on how to troubleshoot? The only connections I have on it are the antenna, a Raspberry Pi via USB power, and the microphone. It's connected to a homemade speaker wire 40 meter dipole. I have not pulled down the antenna to make sure there's nothing wrong up there. Oh, wait. Okay, wait, wait. Say that again. What's the antenna? I thought he said Wolf River. Uh, yes. So it's he took the ICOM 7300 camping mm-hmm. and had it hooked to a Wolf River coil right. and did fine. Okay. Then he hooked it back up in his ham shack yes. where that is connected to a homemade speaker wire 40 meter dipole. Uh, oh, so he's saying, I have not pulled down the antenna to make sure nothing is wrong up there. I connected my rig expert, and it says that the SWR is 1.2 on 40 meters. Okay. So I don't know enough information because, and let me be, the, a couple of ways this can go is a little odd. Um, first, first way, he made a dipole with speaker wire for the legs and then connected that to coax of some kind outside and then brought the coax in. Okay, I'm going to assume that is the first way. There's two ways that this is going to go. First way. If that is the way you did it, put a ballon on it. Put a ballon at the feed point where the legs attach. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's first first step. Okay. Second step, put a ferrite on it, a choke somewhere in the path as it gets closer to the radio. Now, here's the second way. This would be crazy if he's doing this, to be honest. But if he's doing it, this is why it's happening. No joke. If he's using ladder line, because when I hear speaker wire dipole, I think of Jerry, right? Mm-hmm. KG6HQD, the speaker wire dipole is ladder line from the antenna all the way back to the radio. So it's not coax. So it behaves more like ladder line than it does coax line. So it's two wires that go all the way from the antenna into the shack. That is going to put out a ton of RF. because you. But, basi- he, but he, wor- he used it before. Doesn't matter. He brought that into the house. So that, No, those- he brought the IC7300 into the house. I, but I'm okay. saying that a speaker wire dipole is two wires in its traditional construction. Okay. Meaning he's got two lamp wires running from the outside inside. Okay. If he's doing that, then all of that wire that is going from however he's getting into the house, into the into the radio, is part of the antenna. It's okay. radiating. Okay. So, so it is that literally would, that shooting would out cause RF. It oh, for yeah. any power over 50%. Oh, my gosh. To, for it to shut I, I'm surprised it. 50% even. Okay. I'm surprised he's not dropping USB on his uh, Raspberry Pi every time he transmits, if that's what he has. Okay. But that's that's crazy to me. I don't think people are doing that. I don't know. Okay, I don't so know. What, what do you think the solution is? Uh, well, I gave it already, the two solutions. The first solution is if it's, if it's a speaker wire mm-hmm. that he's using as the dipole legs, he needs to put a ballon on the center oh, connector. Oh, right, the ferrite. And the, no, or the ballon. a ballon. Right. Okay. Ballon on the center okay. connector a one-to-one ballon okay. that has two leg points so he can he can attach the two legs to the to the nut and bolt mounting system mm-hmm. and then that has a coax feed point for SO239 UHF connector goes down from coax into the shack the reason why we use coax is to prevent some of these issues it actually mm-hmm. cuts down on RF getting back into the shack versus using something like ladder line ladder line is two wires that run down the length of the antenna and 
wherever, wherever you're connecting it to your radio, right? If it's the latter, the answer is go build yourself a dipole that is using coax as the feed point. That, okay. That's honestly the answer there. All right. Now, well, also throw a ferrite in there somewhere. Okay. <laughs> on all the things. <clears throat> Greg signs off 73 and 3 GDS. Good luck with that, Greg. 73. The next email is titled, First Email of a Longtime Listener. Hmm. Dear Josh and Leah, equally and respectfully. Oh. <laughs> so kind. No names? <laughs> wow. I like all these uh, longtime listener, first time emailers. <laughs> Get more of those people out here. Haven't heard any uh, any names for you recently. That's so. true. Yeah. Well, you just said it, so. <laughs> Firstly, I'm Stay sending. Stay tuned next week. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, I'm sending this email over RDOP, Winlink, to a node in Canada over 800 kilometers from Illinois. Mm -hmm. I think this might be the first official RF Winlink email since Josh mentioned it a few episodes ago. I could be wrong. I don't think so. The guy on the last episode didn't count since he used Telnet. No shade. Just bragging. Oh. (laughs) Shout out to whoever is posting this. (laughs) Man, is that a, is that a deep dig? That... Well, I, don't get me wrong. I like HF, but I also really like Telnet. Telnet's kind of a weird internet nerdy thing for me. Um, it's HF, so yeah, you're getting longer distance probably. That's true. All right, all right, respect. <laughs> Shout out to whoever is hosting this WinLink node. I'm probably taking up a lot of airtime by sending an email this long. Oh, interesting. I've been listening to the pod since the start of the pandemic, though I've been watching the channel for nearly four years. Wow. That's even before ham radio, I think. Four years? That's before it was the ham radio crash course. No, that's about right. That's probably when it started because Edison's five, almost six now. Has it been that long? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you passed 200K. I guess. Man. (laughs) I'll start here. Josh, you contribute more to this hobby than you know. I'm only 20 and have been licensed since age 17. And you've been an incredible source of valuable information in what I would consider to be a poorly documented hobby. Uh, okay. Oh, we'll let, we'll keep going. But wow, license since uh, That's awesome. 17. Fantastic. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm shipping off for the Air Force on September 7th. Oh, so wow. I may be off the air for a while, but I hope to carry this hobby with me for the rest of my life. I'm curious. If, if you're going to drop what you're like, if, if someone mentions, I'm just saying this for the future. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're a part of the military, like drop what your job is, particularly if it's like radio. We'd love to hear that. I think yeah. that'd be fun. So, and yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Indeed. I first learned of ham radio at Boy Scout camp, Loud Thunder, back when it was called Boy Scouts, though I guess it's just the Scouts now. Indeed it is. It is, yeah. Thanks to a counselor there who was a technician. Mm -hmm. Your channel was one of the first I found, and I've been watching ever since. I can pretty confidently say that you are the reason I am an extra today. Wow. Hey, that's that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on getting your extra, and I'm glad I could help. Okay, let's move past the sappy part. Yes. I don't think I'll be a regular member a member of Leia's Correspondence Tower. <laughs> so I'll throw in my vote for the only worthwhile argument I've heard lately. York peppermint patties are the bomb. Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> Especially if you toss them in the refrigerator or even the freezer if you're feeling daring. Why stop there? Liquid nitrogen. I, do, I don't judge if people like other little treats, but you cannot deny the quality of a good York peppermint patty. I'll have you know... York peppermint patties are Ben's second favorite chocolate candy. I said liquid nitrogen and I thought to myself, there's an idea. Liquid nitrogen rockets. <laughs> Bring back the two liter bottle. Yes. Have a valve that um, has a certain amount of like retention force. Mm -hmm. Liquid nitrogen, when you put it in a bottle like that, immediately starts boiling. Josh, why don't you just pressure. run the rocket event next year? I'm already too busy getting <laughs> these fine people licensed, I guess. I'll wrap what, things What, what, wait. what? Wait. Put a radio on it. There you go. <laughs> and one launch, it's all wet and dead. <laughs> no, you don't put a radio on it. You make the launcher radio enabled. No, you wouldn't do that with the liquid nitrogen. You just, just let it boil off until the point okay. that the pressure got to a point where it released itself from the retention I see. And you put like 100 pounds, 50 pounds or whatever on the retention mechanism. Okay. I'll wrap things up. This email is probably going to take 10 plus minutes to send. My poor FT891 is going to overheat. It's pretty well documented that Josh is going to Huntsville. Huntsville? Yes. Huntsville? What do, we, what do we land on here? I, I'm, still, I'm still team Huntsville. Just, you just, right. say it, just say it nonchalantly. Huntsville. Don't make a big thing. No, see, Hunsville. you didn't do it nonchalantly. You did the opposite of what I just said. It's just Huntsville. That's it. It's just Huntsville. We're going to Huntsville. Huntsville. <laughs> no. That's totally a normal way to say it. That's, that's just how I talk. I like to draw things out in the end. But I haven't heard a peep from Leia. So Leia, are going. you going to come too? Nope. I am not. I, I'm pretty sure that Leia will be at Hamvention next year. This is what... When is it? <laughs> next year. June. I know, but June, June next year. Oh, then possibly. And I think there's a lot. How else are you going to get Skyline out of, not out of a can? <gasps> yes, that's right. That's, that's it. <laughs> the meetup is going to be gonna... at, a, at a Skyline Chili. <laughs> You're no less part of the ham fam than Josh. And I'm sure there'd be plenty of people stoked to meet you too. Bring the whole family. Thank you so much. We uh, will probably do that. Not the kids though. Just make it for kids. us. What? Please. Can we no. do that? You don't want to take the kids and get them excited about ham radio? Editing can go around, spinning the dials. We'll, we'll let, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get Uncle Ray to watch the kids for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you mentioned in the last episode that your social status is bordering on celebrity with exclusively the ham world. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he is bordering on celebrity at all, I, I think. <laughs> but not I mean, I there there is um I, I go to I go to uh, HRO. Yeah. And somebody always recognizes me. Mm -hmm. At least one person. So I mean that's sure. like a thing. That that's yeah. I think that's I think that's odd for people. Like that's Maybe. not a status quo thing, right? I, mean, I get that around the city too though. I, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Are you, are you, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> are you Josh's husband, uh, wife? No, that is not what I guess. No, I, it gets, I get the opposite. Yeah. Are you Leia's husband? <laughs> wow. I wouldn't call that celebrity though. You know what I mean? Because. She and I got into a big fight on Facebook. 
<laughs> no, it's more like, I really agree what she said about taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, Zach continues. Well, he's saying your social status boarding on a celebrity exclusively in the ham world, meaning you basically have a big grand, a friend group, many of which you haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make it to Huntsville. Cool. Hopefully we run into each other and be able to officially consider this a two way friendship. That would be nice. Hey, you don't you don't even need to meet in person to uh, be considered. Yeah, I mean, Internet friends are like my best friends now. Pretty much. What? What? Well, you're, of course, my best friend. Thank you. Of course. This is like the second time today that somebody who is supposed to be my best friend referenced somebody else as their best friend. Come on. My sister. She said, we went out with our two best friends today. I was like, I wasn't there. (laughs) Nor was my clone. She she was like, you're my sister best friend. I was like, it's too late. You can kiss your Sephora order goodbye. (laughs) Keep up the great work, both you do. Then you send her a picture. It's just all the Sephora on your face. Yeah. <laughs> Could I be, wear- be wearing any more Sephora? It's actually moisturizer. You can't see it. So You can if you used all of it. <laughs> just be a monster. That's the joke, Leia. Yes. That's the, the whole joke. That was it. See, you made me explain it. Yeah, now it's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> Again, your services to the hobby are more valuable than you know. Sincerely, Zach, W9ZK, the FT891 fanboy from the Discord. Right on. Sent by RF. I love it. That is a long email to send over RF. It That's probably impressive. actually went pretty fast. I don't know. Mine smokes, man. I'll, I'll fire off like uh, 10 emails on Winlink and it, it cooks. Um, huh. Oh, he used RDOP though. Check out Vara. Vara Winlink is fast. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Okay. The next email is titled July 9th through 12th. And this is from Douglas. This morning, I finished the July 9th podcast and have listened to the preparedness corner of the July 16th podcast. My family and I flew into Austin on one on the above dates to head to near Marble Falls. Do you know where that is? No. In Austin? We were geographically... Do you think I go sightseeing when I'm in Austin? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. It was a... It was a we, we sh- yeah, we shot all of our videos on the falls, actually. <laughs> it was very picturesque. I, I fell over a couple of times. I slipped. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we were probably geographically closer than normal. Yes, I probably. Look forward to figuring out where you were that weekend. Well, cat's out of the bag. Oh, you yeah. You can tell Douglas. Yeah, I was at the Modern Rogue headquarters on YouTube. And if you follow me on TikTok, actually, the suit of armor behind me on my TikTok when I was answering questions is uh, their suit of armor at Modern Rogue. Nice. As a child, my mom stocked Cinnamon Toast Crunch. She keeps some in the pantry. My cousin's brother and I always remember that cereal as kids. I love that cereal. That's still my favorite. Did you know that Costco is now carrying, is it Costco? Maybe Sam's, no, probably Costco. Uh, Carrying Cinnamon Toast Crunch popcorn. I don't, I'm not. Really make it a fluffy snack. No, I don't need that. Douglas signs off KI7LIK. Thank you so much, Douglas. Thank you, Douglas. 
The next email is titled HRCCVEs, and this is from Chris. Mm -hmm. Hello, Josh and Leia. I just wanted to share my first testing session as a VE. Oh, I am now accredited by the ARRL and GLARG. Okay. This past Friday, a young lady was taking her technician class test. I was one of the five VEs involved in this test. It was an online test. The test started at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so I just got off work. So in the background, you see my measuring machines doing their thing. When she finished her test and passed, you could not wipe the smile off her face with a wrecking ball. It was a great ending to a crazy day of work. That's great. Keep doing what you do, 73 Chris, W9TSB. P.S. Mini Weeds. Hey, Chris, they, uh, thank you so much for becoming a VE. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's important to note that he was one of five VEs involved in the test. Oh, that's awesome. That is, that's so many, that's so many eyes. And I know we talked about this before, but I think it would be so difficult to actually cheat on an online test, given that there are so many people looking to see where mm-hmm. your eyes are facing. When you take the online test, there's literally no reason for you to be looking away from your screen. Yeah, actually, the um, Hamdom Thoughts this week, and I've got to go back and look at it. Uh, Dennis interviewed, it's opening right now, Steve KO4AFL, and he is a remote volunteer examiner. So he has been involved in some of the like massive uh, testing sessions where they'll do like over 100 people in a day. Wow. And he's had like, I think he said 90 VEs that they're coordinating. Wow. Yeah. So the podcast Steve did is really interesting because he talks about the cheating aspect of it. Oh, what did he say? He, he said that there's definitely, there, there has been a couple of times where there was a couple of people that didn't feel comfortable in the room and they said, we're not going to grade your test. And the individual on the other end said, okay, I, I understand. And that was it. And so that person can test again in a future date. Well, that's good. Yeah, that, that's a great, we always reference 86 DMs, Hamden thoughts, but uh, that's a really good one. If you're interested in the goings on, the sausage making of these VE sessions. Cause it's. Yeah. Dennis it's, has a great voice for radio too. He does. Yeah. Fantastic. It is very interesting. The logistics and planning that go into these events because of what you just said, you're talking about f- four to five VEs in a room. When you take your test, mm-hmm. that's for one person. Yes. Versus a whole classroom of people. Right. So how do you do that efficiently and get people moving right churning mm-hmm. everybody out very interesting how they did it and um it was very that's, cool listening. that's probably a fantastic lesson yeah it is uh the next email is titled my journey into ham and this is from bunny hi leia and josh i'm happy to share with you that after almost a year of procrastination i have finally obtained my technician class license oh congratulations congratulations bunny my sincere thanks and shout outs to Dave N4NG, Jason WE8L, Chris W9TSB, Trevor AI7IP, and Dan KD2FMW for being my volunteer examiners. Is this the young lady that Chris is talking about having tested? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> they, they did the email right next to each other. They typed it out. Yeah. 
These guys are awesome, and I appreciate the time they give to the community to help onboard newbies like me. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, VEs, that is a labor of love. Oh, for, for sure. sure. I mean, it's that's a actually one of the reasons I want to become a general is so that I can help test. It, it got to get of, that extra. What? Then you can test everybody. No, it's fine. I'm happy testing technicians. Okay. That's, yeah. Get on the VE team. Get to do some virtual sessions. Really stare at some eyeballs. You know. There's another <laughs> test for VE. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Should I also take that test? You on? have to before you become a VE. No, I mean, should I take that test on the podcast? Practice study for that test. <laughs> Probably. This is the VE test. I want to share my journey into ham and introduce you to an outlier community of potential hams that might benefit from HRCC outreach. First and foremost, I am a nerd. Computer nerd, video game nerd, sci-fi nerd, music nerd, car nerd, audio nerd, coffee nerd, etc. Computer. Stop. Did, Leia. Clearly, I am in good company. Side shout out to Leia for proclaiming that she misses EverQuest. Your statement made my nerd heart feel all warm and fuzzy. I felt all the nostalgias. I miss EverQuest. I mean, I kind of miss WoW. <laughs> you can play classic WoW, just classic. Like Really? Yeah. Before all of these crazy expansions? I think it's a couple of expansions in there, but um, no, I don't know. I think it's just vanilla. I think it's straight vanilla. Is it? Pre-Pandora? Pandoria? Pandora. <laughs> yeah. Pandakin? Yeah. <laughs> or Panda post. I never, I never made it to pandas, so that makes me sad. I never made it to pandas. or uh, So I, I always get them confused because I think Shadow of Lucklin or Lucklin was uh, EverQuest, actually. Mm-hmm. That's where you got the moon, where the, um, mm. the shops were. Mm. Remember the, the uh, shops so you could have like a merchant? Yes. Yeah. EverQuest was pretty sweet. The epics, the epics were, oh man, that's, whew. I killed many a days playing EverQuest. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a monk. Monks are cool. And then I started looking into like what it is to get your, the monk fists mm-hmm. and, uh, for the epic. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> this was the wrong path. <laughs> this is not good. Many moons ago, my first career was as an audio engineer. Impedance is my homeboy. That alone may helped to make me ham adjacent and a collector of lots of audio gear, but it didn't provide any hooks to lure me into the hamverse. Mm. Last year, I was able to virtually attend DEF CON, ah. the hacker convention held annually in Las Vegas. I had always wanted to go for as long as I can remember, but living on the opposite coast always makes cross-country trips seem a little too far. Luckily, the unique state of the world in 2020 brought the HackerCon fully online via YouTube, Twitch, and Discord. This was how I discovered the ham village component of the convention. Were these ham radio hackers? How fascinating. The presentations in the ham village talked about getting licensed online, showed off their shacks, demonstrated how APRS works, and of course, talked about using Raspberry Pis and other similar computers in the ham hobby. This was awesome. 
where could I learn more? There must be a fun and informative podcast I can listen to, right? Did you know that DEF CON had a ham village? Yeah. That's cool. I was asked to make a video for him this year. Really? I didn't get a lot of notice uh, on it, so I uh -huh. don't know if I'm going to be able to do something because I don't really have a topic in mind that is DEF CON oriented. And I kind of... Raspberry Pi. Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of videos on the Raspberry Pi, though. But I kind of did my shot with the Kiwi SDR thing and the Cuban. That would have been perfect. Mm. But it's already out there. Like, people mm -hmm. have already seen that. So now I've got to think of something else. I don't know if I got the time. I've got to reach out to the person that contacted me. That would be awesome. It would be. Bunny continues, enter the HRCC podcast, my gateway to the HRCC Discord channel and YouTube streams, where I have been lurking for roughly nine months now. Mm. Bunny, you found the podcast before you found the YouTube. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. I told myself I would get my technician license before the next DEF CON rolled around in August of 2021, and time was ticking. Mm -hmm. Hamstudy.org is an awesome resource, and I fully endorse it. In the span of about three weeks, I slowly worked my way through the study mode until I had seen 100% of the questions. Then I quote-unquote passed my first 10 consecutive practice exams and told myself I was ready enough. Yep. I emailed Nick and one CCK on Thursday and took my exam on Friday. Friday afternoon. And so here we are, licensed, armed with a Baofeng, and probably just a little bit dangerous. I wanted to share this long-winded story with you guys to encourage Josh to check into the DEF CON ham village community and consider contributing content to help bring in more ham-curious folks like myself. The con will be hybrid online and in-person this year, and they put out calls for both live and pre-recorded content. Here is the link in case you or other members of the HRCC community are interested. And I will post the link that Bunny shares in the show notes. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm, you're, you're giving me a bit of motivation. I'm going to reach out to the person that contacted me. Josh is going to make a video for DEF CON. I don't know. No, I, I don't know. Yes, Josh is going to make a video I'm not promising anything. I, I don't know that I've got a topic that I can do. I'll give you a topic. 73 is with, with love from Hotlanta, Bunny, K-O-4-R-Y-T. P.S. Extra shout out to Josh for being the most helpful ham wizard of the West Coast. Thank Aww, you. Aw, that's nice. Thanks, Bunny. And congratulations Randy's again. Randy's out here, though. <laughs> Randy's out here, and he's definitely a helpful ham wizard. Yeah. Okay. The next email is titled eavesdropping on a phone call from the White House. Oh. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. This is from Rob Bailey, our uh, uh, the partner in crime for Nathan, who mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does the covert podcast e email correspondence tower co-production. Yeah, the right? not so thinly veiled uh, yes. co-production. Yes, I understand. Uh, Hi, Leia and Josh. Greetings from your Corpus Christi email correspondent and honorary podcast producer. I'm sending this email at 9.56 p.m. Houston time on July 20th. On this day and at this time in 1969, Neil Armstrong first stepped foot upon the moon. Mm. Man, Rob is so well researched. I, and he, and the, the story, right? There's yes, a story. Always. Thank yeah. you, Rob. During the Apollo 11 moonwalk, Armstrong communicated with fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin through VHF signals, mm -hmm. with Armstrong being a relay between Aldrin and the lunar module. 
The lunar module converted the VHF signals to S-band microwave signals and transmitted them to Earth. Mm-hmm. As for television, a seven-pound Westinghouse camera sent relatively low-bandwidth TV signals to Earth, where scan converters adjusted the images to commercial TV standards and sent them to television networks. That's so cool. In case the TV signals were too weak, there was a 10-foot umbrella antenna available, which could be deployed on the lunar surface by the astronauts. That's so cool. After evaluating the initial TV pictures from the moon, engineers decided the larger antenna was not needed. However, it was used on Apollo 12 and 14. So they set it up anyway. (laughs) And they checked the SWR and then they left it. Electronics World magazine published an article before the Apollo 11 flight, which included the VHF frequencies of astronauts' communications on the moon. A ham radio operator in Louisville, Kentucky, named Larry Basinger, pointed his antenna at the moon and listened to the audio directly while his family watched on TV inside the house. Here is a quote about it from the local newspaper. Thanks to some homemade electronic equipment, including a rebuilt 20-year-old radio transceiver from an army tank and an antenna made of spare pieces of aluminum, nylon cord, and chicken wire, a small band of Louisville residents were able to eavesdrop on Sunday night on the American astronauts' conversation directly from the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. Basinger recorded 35 minutes of audio, which included their conversation with President Richard Nixon, which Nixon called the most historic telephone call ever made from the White House. So Larry was the person we talked about on Phantom Signals. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And he used a wedged antenna, used a wedge antenna to, to receive those signals, which is really, really interesting. Basinger continually adjusted his antenna to track the moon across the sky in order to keep hearing the signals, more proof that the Apollo 11 moon landing really occurred. Yeah, so let's put that into perspective by what adjust means. He didn't go in and like adjust the, the size of the antenna. He tilted it and rotated it. This is before the idea of antenna rotors for uh, Z, mm. both pitch and, and X and Y. Right. So it, he literally what they call now an Armstrong rotator is where you put huh. your arm on it and you rotate it physically and tilt it. Oh, interesting. So he had to follow the path of the moon as it tracked across the sky to receive the signal at the highest uh, signal to noise ratio. Interesting. Basinger's hobbies included radio astronomy and satellite tracking. His purpose for eavesdropping on the astronauts was to verify the information NASA was providing about the Apollo program. Were they covering up anything? Was there any salty language that was edited? To Basinger's <laughs> disappointment, there was nothing hidden. He, he did say that. He said, yeah. he's like surprising. He's exactly that. Like, not conspiracy minded, but like, I want to know what they're hiding from us because I can go direct to the source. I'm right. literally hearing it from the source. Get the truth. I'm going to get the truth. And then he was like, no, it was exactly that. That was it. <laughs> that, was it. that was the whole thing. Uh, I, I, found, I found that fant- like fascinating. He said absolutely everything was transmitted to the public. Mm-hmm. In fact, later Apollo missions had some notable hot mic incidents, which graphically demonstrated that NASA did not edit anything. 
For your show notes, I am including a link to the ARRL website, which has an article about it, plus a link to the Electronics World article from 1969 that has the nitty gritty details. I'm also attaching a newspaper clipping from the Louisville Courier Journal, which reported the story a few days after it happened. Happy July 20th, Rob, KI5GFL. Rob, thank you always for the links. Yeah, thank you, Rob. And the well-researched and well-written emails. That, that's what I Rob, meant, is the story is about yeah. the writing, and he, he always portrays it. Very interesting. Rob, do you have a blog? Are you a professional writer? Do, do I you tweet write, a lot. Do you write for the ARRL? <laughs> You should. Yes, really. You you are an untapped resource. Yeah, you should just yes. make an article and email it to him and say like, I don't know, man, go nuts. <laughs> Thank you again. Oh, the next email is actually a PPS from Bunny. I had not finished listening to episode 100 when I wrote you my previous email because I was so excited to tell you about my license, hence this extra postscript. Correspondent Chris had the brilliant idea of wearing HRCC shirts in airports, leveraging their previous experiences when traveling to DEF CON. <laughs> That's right. I am very pleased to hear that the convention has already piqued Josh's interest. I also want to take this opportunity to recommend Kevin Mitnick's book, Ghost in the Wires. I think that was also mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fun read and recounts many of Mitnick's ham radio activity in Southern California. Apparently, it was a hotbed for local hackers in the 80s. Yeah, I was, uh, before I got into ham radio, I was already in the whole yeah. hacker movement, mm -hmm. whatever that was back in the day, which was not what it is now. It's it's much more interesting. I have a ton of friends that actually go to DEF CON every year that are hams too, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I, 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 I always want to go. There's so many things i want to go like conventions i want to go to uh vegas is close though i know vegas i don't have an really excuse doable. not to go to vegas that's the same thing i said about shot show i have no excuse not to go to shot show okay you know but uh, you know life i think there's a good argument that ham was his gateway drug into hacking one more time for the 1x league bunny there you go thank you bunny thank you for the follow-on email yeah Weekend QRP Overnighter in the Woods. And this is from Dave. Mm. Greetings, Leia and Josh. This past weekend, I went out to some primitive hunting land owned by a boss. During work on Friday, I decided last minute to bug out for the weekend. Oh, nice. I stopped at the store, bought some food, and then went home and grabbed my camping pack, and off I went. I the bought about 15 Jack Lynx jerky <laughs> sticks. <laughs> The radio, food. the radio kit was already in the car. 30-minute drive to BFE, and I arrived to S0 noise That's, floor land. There, there's nothing like turning your radio on, hearing the voices coming out of the radio, and not seeing any signal on the, the receiver. <laughs> there's nothing like that. And then you remind yourself, you're like, oh, I'm QRP. They probably couldn't hear me if I wanted to call them. <laughs> uh, but sometimes you can. You'd be surprised. Set up... One, oh, uh, set up one hammock and shelter, set up two th through the wire up in the trees, got mm -hmm. 50 feet um, with my arborist throw bag. Nice. I use the reverse granny throw method and yep. I get the best height that way. It is very consistent to do that. Takes a little time to learn how to aim behind you, but I have been doing it for 
about three years now. Mm-hmm. Set up three, dig out the FT-817 and chair, sit back and enjoy radio. I decided to look up on my phone for some POTA spots and holy cow, I did not know it was POTA weekend. Oh, yeah. I ended up with 10 parks on five watts and an NFED half wave antenna cut to 40 meter band. It was great. I turned on my Pi to send you an email and had it all typed out and went to send using AirDrop and things went south. Oh, sorry. RDOP. And things went south. Something happened um to pat and could not <laughs> figure out itself. what happened so no email from the woods when i got home and messing around by the way i'm not good at this linux at all i loaded in my last backup and now it's back up this uh, and running oh cool so this email was written on the pi using pat and still sending it through hf Cool. My home uh, home is still a little far in the sticks for VHF, but that's why we have HF. I thought you would like to hear about a little QRP outing. That I do. I love it. KDDT73. Thanks, Dave, for that email. The next email is titled Latest Podcast General Question Clarification. Oh, and this I is did from it. Cedric. How's it going, Leanne, Josh? I did it to myself. <laughs> I just wanted to give a quick clarification on one of the general questions in this last podcast. In regards to the question about shift registers, first, you got it right, so good job. The explanation after, though, was wrong. Mm. Oh, this is a completely other thing. That <laughs> so good. Shift registers are used in digital logic, zero or one, on or off, to send the information could be as simple as one bit at a time in binary form. For example, if the number two has to be sent, it's first converted to hex, which is still two, then converted to binary, that's zero, 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 one, zero. Oh, so he's using eight, okay. You can't send that all at once, so a shift register will send each one or zero at a clock pulse. Okay. So it sends a zero, everything shifts down one space, sends a one, repeat the process until every zero or one is sent. Interesting. This all happens in nanoseconds. If you ever look at chip schematics or data pages, you may see something like this. See attached image, low equals zero, high equals one. Mm -hmm. And I will uh, put that image in the... uh, HRCC podcast channel on Discord. So to clarify, shift registers are not outdated old school tech. They are what makes all the digital stuff work. Finally, peanut butter Twix are the best candy bar. Rice Krispies have always been my go-to cereal. And 1x speed is the only speed. 73 Cedric. Those are some hot takes at the end. (laughs) Just throw them in. I mean, he's built his credibility already. (laughs) So now you must believe that. Yeah. So, I mean, my software engineering brain, I don't have to get at that level. I'm just thinking to myself, he was like, okay, he threw out the numbers. Okay. Most significant bit. He's doing all that stuff or it's, you know, just straight, or it's just straight binary. The way he read it out, that was from the, the high side of the binary number to the low side. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, like shifting, mm-hmm. shifting for me and software is shifting um, the binary space or how big of how many of the nibbles of uh, binary that you're pulling out so i was like okay 
<laughs> Sometimes that that uh, that double E stuff, not really my jam. Thank you for that clarification, Cedric. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, seriously, I'm not offended. Always correct me because I I don't I don't want people to get the wrong information. I truly don't. So thank you. And you know, just based on all the credibility you've built, I'm going to try peanut butter Twix. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, people can know a lot about electronics, but yes. have garbage ideas about candy. Cedric, try some York peppermint pads. Oh okay. <laughs> No, I'm sure. Actually, I've never had a peanut butter Twix. So maybe we should have a peanut butter Twix. I bet it's the best of both worlds of a Reese's peanut butter cup and a Twix. I'm going to I'm going to like add another hot take to the hot take. I don't think you could make a Twix bad by putting peanut butter on it. Right. Twix is just a cookie caramel and chocolate. You could use bad peanut butter, though. What is, what is bad peanut butter? It's like when it gets chalky. Sometimes in a in candy bars, peanut. Oh, butter like it's chalky. sitting too long. Yeah. Okay. It's just not moist anymore. It's moist. Everybody <laughs> loves that word. Moist. <laughs> when you say it like that too, do your Huntsville accent, but say moist. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Australian accent. Hey, it's got some. Mo- I don't know what that was. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's moist. No, that was that was British. It's moist. <laughs> we're, Mo- moist. we're moving no, on. I don't know. Sorry about that, know. Cedric. <laughs> I really want. I, w- I want to workshop this live. Actually, we should definitely workshop this more. Uh, maybe we a new podcast. Uh. <laughs> the many ways to say moist. <laughs> That is that is such an awful word for so many people. It's so though. many people hate it. Yes. You know, it's another word people hate is nest. Nest? Nest. What's wrong with nest? When you say it like nest. Nest? Nest. Ooh. Okay. Right? I get it. <laughs> yeah. A little weird, right? You you talk. I can hear you. I got to get ice. I forgot to get okay. ice for my cup. You talk. <laughs> well, the next email is titled Hurricanes and Laura. And this is from Kyle. Leia and Josh. Hello again, HRCC High Command. On last week's podcast, one of the correspondents asked some questions about Laura. I've been experimenting with it a little and recently and just wanted to share a few of the things I have found. While looking through the command line tools for configuring the radios, I noticed an option for ham radio call sign. It turns out that if you put in your call sign, it will disable encryption and shift the frequency of the radios into the ham portion of the 900 megahertz band. I started playing with them using a small device called the Meshtastic. They're about the same price as a Baofeng radio and work as mesh network tracker slash communicators geared for outdoor use. They come without any case and there are several 3D printer files for cases. I live on a sailboat and love to paddle, so I made a more water-resistant case using a watertight case and an SMA waterproof bulkhead connector to attach the antenna to the outside of the case. So far, I have been able to use them about a mile and a half away from each other, but they do advertise greater ranges. They have four different settings for different ranges and throughputs. The farther away, the slower they get. They are best suited for connecting your phone via Bluetooth and using that, but there is a small display that shows the distance and direction to other devices Mm. and lets you read messages. There is a plug-in for the um, ATAC app. That's A-T-A-K app. 
that allows you to connect to it and send positions, messages, and small data packages too. I recently tested them using wide area search plugin designed to assist in dis uh, disaster. Oh, designed to assist in searching disaster affected areas. It seems there are a lot of cool things you can do with the little radios as they are for a, nesh, a mesh network. Ardu pilot drones can use them for telemetry and control as well. I am sure that with some time, that's with some time of us will come up with more ham related applications for them. Have you have you heard about that before? Yes, this was brought up before, Meshtastic, on the podcast. Mm. And I forgot to buy one. And I'm on the website now. And you're going to buy one, it sounds I'm like. I'm going to buy one, but there's a, a series of supported hardwares. So I'm going to look into it a little bit more on which ones I should go. It sounds like the T-Beam might be the way to go because it supports more bands, but maybe that doesn't matter. As a ham radio operator, it probably doesn't. It looks like the... Um, the T-Beam 7, I'm sorry, version 0 0.7 might be the way to go. Okay. Maybe, or yeah, T-Beam Mastastic. Maybe I think that's the one. It's got a screen. Huh. I already have a couple ideas. If it describe does, that. If it does what I think it does, or maybe it's the one point. 1. 1.7 though doesn't have a screen. So maybe you have to get one with a screen. Screen. Anyway, uh, more research for me or just a, uh, DM me on uh, Discord and, and we can talk about which ones you would recommend. All right. Save me some time, which I always appreciate saving time. <laughs> Kyle continues on the topic of hurricane preparedness. Mm. Living on a boat in South Florida during hurricane season can be a stressful time, but have been dealing with it for years and have created some disaster plans that have kept myself and the boat safe. The plan changes with each area we sail, but are generally the same principles throughout. As you have quoted Ron White in a previous episode, <laughs> it's not that the wind blows, it's what the wind blows. It's what the wind's blowing. Staying away from housing developments is one of the major things to consider. The last thing you want to do is end up with a roof from someone's vacation home. <laughs> I was just going to say, then I vessel. got hit by the corrugated metal. <laughs> Really ruined my day. Don't forget about lawn furniture and barbecues. <laughs> a barbecue. That's no bueno, man. That's not good. And at one time, I got a concussion from a lawn gnome. <laughs> David the gnome was angry that day. The next threat are the unprepared, lazy, or uninformed boaters around you. Boats have a way of congregating around land access and water sources, so the anchorages and mooring fields are filled up pretty quickly, and some of the boaters don't have the proper sized anchors, lines, or chafing protection. Oh, sure, sure. Is it chafing, chaffing? Okay. Chafing. Chaff when, is something entirely different. When the wind starts to blow, they break free and start smashing into other boats. And if they cut your lines, your boat becomes the next in the chain reaction that causes devastation throughout. This was definitely the case in Irma. I have put a link below to a book about Irma in the Keys and the sailors that went through it. I have ridden out tropical storms at anchor and felt perfectly comfortable about it as I sailed many miles away from other boaters and laid out a couple of anchors. Seamanship is 10% making the boat move and 90% making it not. 
<laughs> I like that. I love that quote. I'm not someone that's going to necessarily have a boat, but uh, I will remember that quote. If storms are going to be larger, I typically head into the mangroves. These rivers lined with trees provide by far the best protection from wind and wave and give you plenty of places to attach many lines between the groves. Mm. Once the boat is in a secure location, I start removing sails and items from the deck. I usually follow a priority protocol and remove a more large, the larger the storm. Eventually... Ending up with I a throw the bare boat. <laughs> I rely on solar panels, so they are usually the last thing to come down, and then run a generator as the storm progresses. Man, using the ham radio to talk and listen on the hurricane nets, and use them after the storm to help other mariners. This makes you quite popular with the other boaters, and usually another sailor, and usually get another sailor or two to get licensed. Oh, that's cool. The dinghy is stripped off the motor and either deflated or stored below or flipped upside down on the deck and lashed heavily in place. Some sailors prefer to head out to sea when the storm comes with the author of the book. There are points of sail to use depending on your position in regards to the track of the storm. But before I end up writing a whole book about all of this, there are several good ones available. I will sign off. Thank you so much for the wonderful content. 73 Kyle KD0 VSW. Thank you, Kyle. That was great, for, Kyle. Yeah. The, I mean, this is a totally different world. I bet he uh, I bet he subscribes to uh, Gilles the Radio Prepar. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gilles is a uh, French ham YouTuber, but also an avid sailor. Oh, fantastic. And it's it's really, it's fascinating seeing his sailing videos. I, I really found them interesting and compelling. I A thing I get, I do get questions from time to time about people who are going to be around saltwater specifically and what mm-hmm. kind of ham radios they should get because saltwater just wreck, wrecks havoc with... Um, electronics. With electronics. Yeah. That's why maritime radios are specifically designed to not allow that in. <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> and, and there are HF maritime radios and VHF, UHF maritime radios, or, or maybe just VHF. Not you have really a positive. video on maritime radio, right? With Captain. Yeah, G Captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I got to have him back on because we talked before the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that has happened around <laughs> shipping. Right. Since the pandemic. Sure. That I kind of want him like to come back on and hear the interesting stories and then also if there's like anything interesting that ham radio was involved in from it i i he, he was a really cool talk that he's he's one of those guys who's like extremely energetic but yes. also like at, at a top level of his, his yeah. space which is mm-hmm. just really fun to talk to people like that yeah so interestingly i'm reading kyle's email and Boating language is like a completely language, a different a new language. language. Yeah, in addition a, to ham, ham yes. language. So Kyle is multilingual to me. He's yeah, he's multilingual. Yeah. And I hope I bet Kyle's going to write back and he's like, oh, in addition to English, I actually do speak other languages. I speak ship. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kyle. The next email is titled "Proper Thoughts." This is from Greg. Hello, I just wanted to say big thanks for the work you do with Ham Radio. I love the podcast, but can only enjoy it on 2x speed. Otherwise, it will take me a whole week. 
I Leia, wanna... read the rest of it super fast. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I wanted to address the proper content on this podcast, which I greatly enjoy. I'm kidding. I'm not going to be able to hear it. But I felt something is missing and is <laughs> is often missing from prepper talk. A lot of preppers talk in a very individualist context when actually community mutual aid is what is going to help when the government can't help you. One piece that really resonated with me the last few years is called Inhabit, found at inhabit.global. I'll drop that link in the show notes. That stresses the need to find others with the same values, exchange skills, build community, and start preparing. We can't expect to be experts in everything and supply and a supply of canned goods, baofeng, and bullets can only support you for so long. An important piece addresses um, is that there's no future emergency for which we must prepare. We are already here. There are already crises that need our skills. We should come together before we need each other. I think that you building the HRCC community is a good step in this direction. And people who are interested in being prepared for the worst case scenarios we are already living through should find each other, learn how to garden, forage, build antennas, and survive in this new reality together. I think community building is an integral part of preparing for disaster and having networks of people who can quickly feed 100 people is much more useful than a can of beans. Mm. My focus in this area looks like getting rid of my lawn, planting edible trees, learning what edible plants my neighbors have, and connecting to share resources. Hopefully, when the next disaster hits, those connections can save lives and keep us all safer. Thanks for all you do, 73, Greg, K6XSS. I, I, I like that idea. That's not a bad idea of like broadening it a little bit to that aspect of it. So, you know, what's fantastic is our city has a planting group Mm -hmm. and uh, it's actually one of the groups that I'm more active in because everybody's talking about what you can and can't grow in the city. But of course, we live in the suburbs, so we don't have a ton of land to grow every plant. Right. So it doesn't matter. You want high yield, right? And so there's a plant swap, right? And and so also instead of buying plants, we usually give each other clippings like we'll swap clippings of something um and we we are lousy with mint at our house so i'm always giving away mint and uh (laughs) and you get a free baggie of mint with every uh (laughs) with every trade but it's really nice because then you get an idea of what everybody else has and what you can offer Mm -hmm. and if you're going to be in a community think and this is a big shift because of this group, mm-hmm. right? When I first started gardening, I was like, oh, I'm just going to grow what I know we're going to eat. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like, well, no, I've got I've to grow something that I'm going to have so much of that I can right. share with people. <laughs> All I do is grow potatoes. <laughs> but really, it's, um, it's trees. Like that's, that's your best bet because trees, once they're established, are pretty low maintenance and high yielding. Well, if you give them enough water... This goes back to the whole problem with California. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, but I I totally agree with everything that you said, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are into gardening, if you're into homesteading, or even into survival, preparedness, emergencies, things like that, um, if 
your city or where you're at doesn't already have a group, make a group. And yeah. again, I really think the best way to start a ground movement like that in a suburban environment, especially, is through a neighborhood watch. Because oh, you yeah. get people who are already um, like community minded and service minded. They're already tuned in. Yeah. Right. They're dialed into And they're that. people who realize that they have... Um, a personal responsibility towards the greater community mm -hmm. to keep everybody safe, right? That's the whole basis of Neighborhood Watch. Right. So thank you, Greg, for that email. The next email is titled Firewatch Ham Radio Video Game. And this uh, is yes, from Gabriel. I played it. Yep. Hello, Leia and Josh. I wanted to highlight a game I found recently called Firewatch. In the game, you play a seasonal park ranger type who's on Firewatch. And while well, I won't spoil the plot, but you find out some interesting things about what's afoot in the forest you're looking over. You're not a park ranger. You are a Firewatch uh, volunteer. Okay. And so that's how Firewatch works, right? I showed you that Firewatch TikTok. But I knew about Firewatch well before that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I played the game, and and radio features prominently in the game. I remember you playing this game. Mm -hmm. The majority of the game's narrative plays out over radio comms with Delilah, mm -hmm. who remains unseen throughout the game, but whom you develop an interesting relationship with over the airwaves. Depending on how you play it, yes. <laughs> Your responses to Delilah's curious questions, which leads you to different plot points. Mm -hmm. It's a short play and available on stream for a couple of bucks. So I recommend it to hams and non-hams of all ages. And let's just say, because comms are in the clear, there are other people on the same frequency that you are. Okay. Yeah. In other media news, the latest 20,000 Hertz podcast highlights shortwave radios, number stations, and direction finding. Mm. I have a ham radio version of Johnny Cash's Walk the Line rattling around in my head. If I ever get around to making it, I'll be sure to let you know. Okay. Keep the podcast company coming. 73. <laughs> Till next time, Gabriel, KN6LRM. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gabriel. I, you know, I look for, I like Johnny Cash. Yeah. And Walk the Lines of Fan, a ham radio version, I'm in. I want to hear it. And now I'm going to go play Firewatch. I'm going to take a break from my Animal Crossing and <laughs> play some Firewatch. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's on my computer. We can play together. It's a single player game. I know, but I can tell you it's what to do. It's a single player narrative. I can tell you what to do. I've already you played can. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm not we'll going to replay it. Again. Play it. We can play it again together. <laughs> no, no. That's not how any of this works. In which I tell you what to choose and you tell me why that's wrong. No, you just play it. It's, it's, it's not one of those games. It's like a story. Oh, it's like you're, a choose your own adventure book. It, yeah, but you, you choose your adventure depending on how you answer the questions that are being posed to you. <laughs> okay. It's, a, it's like a movie that you're playing through. All right. The next email is titled Working Title. <laughs> this is from Alex. Okay. Greetings to the real star of the podcast, Charlotte. <laughs> you hear her occasionally walking around. We hear your collar ruffle from time to time to know you're still there pulling their strings and keeping those humans in line. 
I have a question for your handlers. Listening to the preparedness corner has reignited my search for a generator for power outages as well as camping trips. Okay. My QTH is in the sticks of southeastern Connecticut near Foxwoods and Monaghan Sun, Mahegan Sun. I just turned what is probably a Native American name into an Irish name. A coastal, a coastal beach community. Mohegan, not Monaghan. Yeah. Sun casinos, and are frequented by hurricanes and tree down types of power outages that vary in length from a few hours to a few days. Okay. While reading reviews on a few different gas generators, I read one on a Harbor Freight brand inverter generator Mm -hmm. that said he bought it for field day and they were getting over 20 S units of noise on all radios (laughs) at camp due to the generator. Uh, Okay. It's interesting because as I was reading this, we have looked at solar panels and one of the things you were like is nothing with an inverter. (laughs) Well, no, it, that's different. That's a charge controller. Okay. So there are different types of charge controllers, and and those will affect your ham radio differently. Okay. It made me think, being a ham, Mm -hmm. should there be any uh, type or brand of generator with certain features that I should be be on the lookout for besides having an inverter for the pure sine wave? Well, yeah. So you you hit it. The inverter is the big thing. Um, So you... Well, go ahead and finish the email because I don't know if he's going to mention more of things I need to know. I've done a lot of research on solar generators and wonder how great those would be for RFI. However, the sticker shock is a bit much. Yeah. Any input would be great. Thanks for all the great content you two produce. 73 Alex K1 ASM. Well, I'll answer the solar question first because I didn't hear what I needed to hear on the generator side. Build your own gen, uh, your own solar solution. Get a charge controller and get a bank of batteries, and there you go. Get the um, you need an is it MPPT MPT? I think it might be MPT. Basically, the Jenison company is uh, what you want. MPT charge controller. I think it's MPT. MPPT charge controllers is where you want to be. I think that's right. I'll look up Jenison in a second. But there are charge controllers that, that put out less noise okay. than than traditional, than the other type of charge controller. And just have a battery bank that you feed with the charge controller. Okay, so for the generator, you didn't mention what things you'd be running. So it's kind of hard for me to tell you like a generator to go look at. If you're curious about what I have, I have a Yamaha 2000. It's like an EFI or EF something 2000 uh, Yamaha. I went with the Yamaha over the Honda because the Yamaha has a fuel gauge and a fuel shutoff valve, whereas the Honda does not. And there's actually some other differences that I think point more tick boxes on the Yamaha side than the Honda side. And it's a fantastic generator. At the same time, I have not done a test of it uh, for ham radio, so I may do that uh, in the future. I think that might be, I think that might be fun. Sounds good. I hope that kind of answers your question, Alex. If you want to provide more information, feel free to uh, email back in. Yeah, we I'm, can talk I'm gonna, about the generators. Again. I'm going to pull up Jenison. Yeah, Jenison is an MPPT, so that's the that's the one you want. Uh, Jenison charge controllers are about a hundred bucks, and you can build a battery system that will work with that. You need to. 
consider battery compositions. I don't know if it needs a special type of battery, if it needs to only work with lithiums or it can work with AGMs, etc. But, you know, the best thing you can do if you want backup for that kind of stuff is just, uh, just have a bank of batteries and go with that. Uh, the next email is titled, how did you agree to the antenna? And this is from James. Leia, you sound like a woman that wants the house and yard to look nice. I figured this out with you wanting a backyard and not a pool. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I have the problem of my wife not liking any of my ideas for the layout for my antenna. I have ran so many possible antenna ideas by her from a vertical to a long wire that I can take down when not in use. Mm -hmm. All were shot down. Yeah. How do I get her to accept an antenna being up? I love my wife and want to keep her happy, but I love my radios too. Well, I think we both know the answer to this, Leah. You don't ask. You just put it up. Okay, so... <laughs> Maybe this Leia is, should answer this question. Yeah, this is what Josh thinks. But here's the reality. When you're when you're playing radio, right? It's mm -hmm. it's time that it does take away from the family. Sure. And if she were aware of the fact that your your radio operating time would be significantly significantly cut down. Mm -hmm. If you had a permanent oh. Um, and effective antenna that mm -hmm. you're not fiddling around with mm -hmm. to get working or spending time setting up because setting up an antenna takes a lot of time actually I, I like and getting it down. dialed in yeah. that you would get more, uh, you know, operating time and less setup time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so essentially overall you would be spending less time. Or where there's no antenna on the house and all they can do is portable. And so they're gone for the whole day. It's true. Oh, wow. Right? We live in this world where spouses want to like hang out together and be a part of each other's lives. That's, yeah. I'd like to be there. That That's a beautiful sentiment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but also I, I have definitely, so with, with that in mind, I think there is, I think there's no amount of pictures I can show you for the antennas that I'm planning on putting up that make you fully conceptualize how big they are until they're up. Like I've shown you pictures of hex beams and you were like, okay. And then yes. I put it up and you were like, that's terrible. Oh my gosh. That thing's you huge. You are insane. <laughs> and then I put up the step IR and that's even bigger. So for me, it's, it's more important I know Josh needs an antenna. This is like Josh is allowed his hobbies the same way I am allowed my hobbies, mm -hmm. right? Because who wants a spouse that's not going to let you chase after your passions? Mm. You know, and I think you're saying some things. Maybe some all those hams that are listening right now should have their uh, significant others that don't like antennas listening to this part, maybe. And I'm and honestly, I'm I'm not trying to throw my fellow wives <laughs> yeah, under the bus. I understand. I'm just kidding. Or significant others. It could be the other. Yes, that's true. And uh, I think you have to come to like I, I do find the antennas somewhat annoying. But yeah. what I found more annoying were ugly antennas. Mm -hmm. If the antenna doesn't look like <laughs> a 
totally jankopotamus on the roof. That mm-hmm. is that is a big improvement for me. Mm-hmm. And I think for Josh, he started out jankopotamus. <laughs> and I was like, this is terrible. You were not terrible. a fan of the hex beam. Yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> okay. And then it got a little bit better. And the Step IR, I think, is actually a very good looking antenna. Wow. It, it is. Shout out to Step IR. That's, it's probably one of the best looking antennas. So I'm going to use that in a future video, I think, <laughs> for my last or, or actually one of a couple of videos I got to do for the Step IR. Uh, so have, have the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, to, just the antenna improves your, your hand radio experience. It makes it more efficient. Yeah, but... It also improves the experience because a, a permanent antenna that you can get dialed in mm-hmm. and leave it dialed in mm-hmm. is is so much better than having to fiddle with an antenna every time you put it up. Right. This is I, I have I have definitely made this argument of I can wake up in the morning, yeah, make my coffee, mm-hmm. I can just go into the shack, get on the radio. Do whatever yeah. I'm going to do, and then I'm back on my day. Yeah. But if I've got like a backyard setup or something like that, it's almost like tending the barbecue, right? Like back in the Ugh, day. So I, much time. I got to set up the antenna, and then I got to hang out, and I got to adjust it, and I got to get it tuned. And then while I'm out there, I'm going to spend all day out there. Yeah. I also really hate it when Josh gets up on the roof. Oh, really? I, I hate it very much, only because I worry about your safety. I know you're perfectly safe, but there's still there's still a part of me that is scared when you're on the roof oh, that really? something's okay. going to happen to you. Sure. So approach it from all of those things. She's not going to, your your partners are not going to stop you from doing your hobby. Well, some might. <laughs> some might. But why? Like of all of the hobbies, like consider the fact that ham radio is a hobby you can do from your home. Mm-hmm. It You're learning actually substantial skills. You're... Um, you're doing something that in an emergency could really help your family. Mm-hmm. Like as as far as hobbies go, it's probably one of the best hobbies that anybody would want their partner to be a part of. Sure. I think so. Yeah. You know, I like it. Yeah. Well said. So, uh, so James signs off. Thanks in 73. Uh, KM4 SCR PS I have tried an antenna in the attic but my metal roof made that a bad plan yeah that's not gonna work have and you know James consider doing the um the gutter antenna yeah yeah I mean start somewhere sure of course right mm-hmm. it's uh and for me I have watched Josh kind of like be so frustrated mm-hmm. time and time again just trying to get a setup going to get on the air mm-hmm. and i can tell how much he cares about wanting to do that right that if there's something that he can do to make that a little bit easier just do it you know save yourself the frustration i'm somebody who like if you can overcome the frustration right do what you need to do to overcome it i like you know? it that's great well yeah. said well and good luck james hams everywhere are cheering right now <laughs> <laughs> but please no more antennas on the roof i mean honestly you're good you're good yeah you're where, where you're at right now just <laughs> i am going back on the so roof many, though, shortly so many options 
I'm, I'm changing my feed line <laughs> configurations around. So I'll be back in the roof and in the attic and doing all the things here shortly. So yeah, hang on to your butts for that. <laughs> okay. The next email is titled Big Wheat. <laughs> <laughs> And this is from Douglas. One person emailed that he would eat the big wheat after he was told it was hay. Within seconds, I saw large stacks of hay bales. Now when I hear about the cereal, I've seen hay bales in my mind. When When I see things like Cuba jamming ham radio, I don't always look too deeply or I will go down the rabbit hole of what if. Wait, I wait to get a picture of what's going on. That, and I haven't gotten an HF rig as of yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Douglas signs off, K-I-7-L-I-K. So speaking of, you use the term wheat, wheat, like wheel wheat. Wheat, it was, it was um, spelled W-W-W-H-H-E-A-T. Right. Yeah. So I have an interesting factoid. Okay. Wheel Wheaton is now either the same age or slightly older than Patrick Stewart was when he started Star Trek The Next Generation. What? Yes. No. Will Wheaton is now the same age that Patrick Stewart was when he started shooting Star Trek The Next Generation. That's insane. (laughs) He should do a reboot where he is the captain. Please no. Yes. Please no. I don't know why. Computer, make a tweet for me. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. Enterprise would just crash <laughs> into an asteroid field. If Alexa's running it. What is it? Did you break her? I have no idea. It's our children. <laughs> that was just a string of random letters and numbers. Okay, so the next email is titled, It's for Real. That was a logic register. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> And that was from, um, and this is from Dawn. Uh, last week, we discussed peanut butter, and uh, Dawn had referenced a craft peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And I think we were dumbfounded because we were like, craft makes peanut butter? I don't, I don't think I've I ever think seen I said that. craft probably makes everything, but I yeah. have not seen craft peanut butter. So Don was kind enough to send a picture in. I'll put it in the uh, HRCC podcast channel. Mm-hmm. It is in Canada and it has two adorable bears on it, two adorable teddy bears. So, and it's creamy. That's just what I want. I love it. On a peanut butter. And Don says, it's for real. <laughs> 73. Oh, I, I believe Don, you. KC9ZMY. It looks like Don eats his uh, peanut butter with honey, which is a great choice. <laughs> okay. Okay. The next email. I need titled, more sugar in this peanut butter. Well, some some peanut butter doesn't have sugar. In I it. guess we eat it with jelly. So yeah, I guess that's more sugar. I I buy peanut butter that doesn't have sugar in it. It's just peanuts. <laughs> that's the ingredient list. Peanuts. And in the bottom it says provide own pestle and mortar. <laughs> no, it's creamy ground peanuts. But it's terrible when you buy it that way because the the, the oil, oil separates. always separates. Yeah. yeah, I think I've tried the flipping <coughs> upside down thing, and that works okay until the kids open it on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then all bets are off. The next email is titled "T-shirt idea antenna question and Huntsville," and this is from Gerald. Okay, 
Greetings, Grand Ham leaders. Since we don't all have a bandolier full of bow fangs, I don't even have one. How about a t-shirt with a bandolier of fangs printed across the chest? Yes, yes. that is in the works. We yeah. uh, That's already a thing yeah. at this point. Uh, and I, I think somebody had already suggested it a while back. Yeah. The HRCC logo should be small on the other side of the chest or big on the back. I would buy one in brown as it would kind of look like Chewbacca. Yep. <laughs> well, when we make it, I hope it lives up to your Chewbacca dreams. <laughs> By the way, I started with an Anytone 878 Plus, but I doubt you will sell many shirts with a bandolier of Anytone. <laughs> Well, I, I think we would make yeah. a couple of radios on it. would it. be actually a bandolier of HTs. That's yeah, the, different kind yeah. of HTs, hopefully. Yeah. Question, two parts. First, does the thickness of a vertical antenna affect how much bandwidth it will be resonant on? Second, do the radials need to be as thick? So first answer, I think the answer is yes, that the thickness of the element does play a part into bandwidth, even for verticals. Mm -hmm. But no, the radials don't. Okay. You guys are the first folks I've ever heard say Huntsville. I'm not from there, but I'm only a couple of hours away and have been several times to the Space and Rocket Center. I was born in Alabama and have all, a lot of relatives all over Alabama. Most of us say the T, sort of like how y'all say uh, shirt. So, Hunt, Huntsville? Huntsville. He's saying Huntsville. But the T, like, when we say shirt, we don't actually say But we're say Californians. Shirt. We're Californians, though, so we don't enunciate t's to begin with we kind of trail off on the ville and it sounds more like vol hunsvol hunsvol yeah so there's barely a t in there also since it's in alabama it's all sort of drawn out okay i'm gonna get this (laughs) hunsvol nailed it yeah as far as i'm concerned (laughs) no you do not get to judge (laughs) I'm, I'm on board. Le- you have apparently led me down the wrong <laughs> path for for this. Huntsville. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Again, you just do for stellar. the community. 146. That's a 73 for each of you. Very good. <laughs> N4DST Gerald. Hashtag 1X crew. Hashtag don't short up. Hashtag Team York. Hashtag don't throw poop. <laughs> Moose poop, specifically. <laughs> yes. Or any. Can we just say any? I would argue, though, that moose poop would be a, like, the least offensive of all poops to throw. Okay. Particularly if they're all dry and stuff. They're just, like, little pellets. All right. Okay, Gerald. Well, I hope uh, Josh answered your question about thickness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The next email is titled Hosh Nasi Greatest Hits Album. <laughs> this is from Nathan. Oh, this is the final email. You have now reached the last email. I thought you were going to do the final email. No, that's da-da-da-da. Nathan's drop. That's da-da-da-da. literally the drop that Nathan provided Okay. that I got working well, and now it's just in time for him to hear it <laughs> for the first time. 
for his email because he hasn't had the last email in a while. That's true. Yeah. Well done, Nathan. Nathan, uh, co, co, <laughs> cohort, cohort and conspirator, uh, Rob. <laughs> this dispatch is from a dweller of the Green Mountains to the residents of the small hills. That is so funny because that is what Cerritos means, little hills. Okay. Yeah. Greetings. I hope this epistle finds you well. <laughs> I have been. I gave you a gun. <laughs> what? Epistle. Epistle? I have been deep diving into <laughs> Josh's old videos. What is happening? <laughs> the word. He said, I hope this epistle finds you well. Mm. I have been deep diving into Josh's old videos. You, you know how you can sort videos new to old? I reversed it. Oh, no. Wow. Your videos were quite different years ago. I wanted to share with you some highlights of my favorite parts. One, I appreciate how far Josh has come in staging his camera shots. I've attached the best example uh, in this email from the, first, uh, from the video first ever vlog. I get it. He was driving. <laughs> Yes, it is a video of you driving. Mm -hmm. Two, I loved it when Ben would whisper radio every once in a while when Josh had him in a video when he was small. It was very cute. Ben used to walk around going, radio. 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 Did he spell epistle E-P-I-S-T-L-E? Yes. So that is a poem or literary work in the form of a letter or series of letters. Oh, well done. I had to look that up. That's a new word for me. Third, everybody needs to remember. You said it right. <laughs> okay. Don't marry a crazy person. Did you make a video about that? Don't marry a crazy person. Probably. Was it about me? No. <laughs> Was it about your crazy ex? Yes. You did a you did a story about that? Probably. And put it in public? <laughs> Different times, man. That was probably over 10 years ago. Wow. Fourth. <laughs> I, I, I traumatized a lot of these videos, by the way. <laughs> Fourth, I like to see technician Josh failing to be heard on a repeater while a, a check-in for Annette was happening. Very relatable. Oh, yeah. I, I've gone through all the things. Of, like, of course. Fifth, I felt sad for Ben in the video when Josh and Ben were signing a card for Leia, but Ben kept hitting his head and crying. Josh was trying to get Ben to bring the card to Leia, but then kept saying, no, no. Little kids are so interesting. I don't remember this. Was it like a Mother's Day card? Birthday card. Monday card. Know. Okay. Good job getting for, through Monday. Yeah. <laughs> For some of these things and many more, listeners should watch some of Josh's earliest videos that he has left up. Don't Let's do it. Let's get him these views. <laughs> Don't do it. Josh is going to go on a privatizing yeah, I know, spree. No. Josh went from 1,000 videos to uh, <laughs> 500 real yeah. fast. What happened there? Some of Josh's latest videos have between five to 56,000 views. The early videos have maybe 300 to 400 so on such titled videos as poke my mailbag and my bum toe he don't nail him like he used to 
You were daily vlogging. Though, yeah. Which if you go back through the old catalog may not be that noticeable because you privatized a lot of things. But there was I left a lot of the vlogs up. It was like over 600 days where mm-hmm. you daily vlog. Every day made a yeah. video. I mean, the the real accomplishment to me was that you met your daily vlog goal even when I was in the hospital you were yeah you posted from the hospital literally edited and posted in the hospital yeah yeah when I was in the hospital giving birth I wasn't just randomly in the hospital for another just buying a baby (laughs) by the way when did Josh decide to switch uh, the name of the channel to Ham Radio Crash Course? Did your serious Ham Radio Crash Course become quite popular and you decided to switch over to that as your main focus? Yeah. So it was actually in the last year that the actual channel name. I think got, it changed before the pandemic. Mm, maybe. Mm, I think so. Because when... When we did that, mm-hmm. we had to change over a bunch of links. Yeah. 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 Uh, Josh has a lot of hobbies. Uh, considerably less now. Yes. And uh, I want to say when you got started back into ham radio, it just kind of ignited something in you. And then you were like, I'm going to. I'm going to make these videos. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah, this is great. And keep in mind that a lot of his other hobbies, and, it, and I talked about this earlier in the episode, in, in this episode, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of his hobbies took him outside of the home. Yeah. Which was insane once right. we had two kids. Mm-hmm. So I, I think both of us embracing ham yeah. radio. Again, it's all long con. What? Think about it. <laughs> I just start doing things that take me out of the home. And then I'm like, I guess I could do this. In home. (laughs) This hobby that's just at home. Would you like that? Oh, I would like that so much. Thank you. I'll do it for you. (laughs) Honey, it's just for you. You would go out and pan for gold. You went prospecting. Like literal prospecting. Wrecked. Yeah. It was terrible. It was awesome. And then what else did you do? It's been like eight hours shoveling buckets of dirt, just buckets of dirt into the into the sluice box and just running it all day. I took the neighbors. They were not down for digging that many buckets. They were not into that at all. You got a couple of buckets through them and they were like, this is terrible. Wow. (laughs) If this is how hard it is to get gold, I'm going to stick with aluminum. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Nathan signs off. Thank you for any answers. Your deep diver of the crash course. K1 MAZ Nathan in Vermont. P.S. Now for a minute by minute recap of last week. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I held my breath for a second. That I'm was like, a long one. Happened? Nathan, nicely done. And I'll Thank play you, it again Nathan. just so you can hear it. You have now reached the last email. So that was from Nathan. Thank, thank you right. for the drop. It's now incorporated. Nicely done. Well, that wraps up the email correspondence tower. And if you want to email us again, the email is leahathamtactical.com. Uh, we love your feedback. We love your comments. We love your questions. 
any kind of questions, but ham radio is often very preferred, and we thank you. And actually, today, we got a ton of ham radio questions. Yes. I'd say this podcast is dangerously becoming a ham radio podcast. <laughs> uh, so nicely done, uh, everybody. And if, if you do provide us merch ideas and we use your merch idea in a merch you will get one for free. The first person who. The first person. <laughs> yes. We have to be very clear because, wow, we got a couple <laughs> of the same ideas. And so email time is is important. So, yeah, we will be paying attention to that. Uh, anyway, so I guess we're moving on now to the general class test. Oh, test man. And I'm on 11 out of 35. 11 out of 35. Here we go. What does the, I don't have a sound for my test We don't questions. have a sound yet. No drop yet for that. Wow. I demand the Jeopardy theme song. No, I'm not yes. going to rip off da, a bunch da, of... Da, we already got close da, enough da, with Harry Potter. We, okay, fine. I'm not just going to do something as iconic as that. That's, that's come on, that's a little hackney. I love Jeopardy. I do Don't too, but like, you know, come on. Poor Alex Trebek. What a loss to the world. I know. What does the K index indicate? A, the stability of the sun's magnetic field. B, the solar radio flux at Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> C, the relative position of sunspots on the surface of the sun. D, the short-term stability of the Earth's magnetic field. Uh, D, the short-term stability of the Earth's magnetic field. That is correct. You got it. Thank you. Why is it a K index? Don't know random letter <coughs> that i don't know yeah where is an s meter found a in an swr bridge b in a receiver c in a transmitter d in a conductance bridge mm. it's a good question actually isn't it in the receiver yeah. transmitter no it's in the receiver an swr meter where is an S meter? Oh, found? S meter. I don't know why I thought S. Oh, oh because, because the, the first, first answer was in an SW. You got it. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. What is the best speed to use when answering a CQ in Morse code? A, at the standard calling speed of five words per minute. B, the fastest speed at which you are comfortable copying, but no faster than the CQ. C, the fastest speed at which you are comfortable copying at no slower than the CQ. D, at the standard calling speed of 10 words per minute. Uh, I want to say it's B or C. No faster mm -hmm. than the CQ. Uh, I, I'll throw a little, I'll, I'll throw something out no, there. No. No? Okay. No. Does it matter how slow it is? Yes. Okay, then C. No. no it's, it's B. Of course it matters okay. how slow it is. If if somebody's transmitting at 20 words per minute and you hit them with 30, mm. they're not going to copy you. All right. So that one's straight like just logic of like you can go as fast as you can, but don't go faster than how fast they're transmitting. Okay. Because you have no indicator if they can copy. Well, that's at that what point. I was going to choose. You said, I "Does was... how slow matter?" Of course, it depends. Of course, how slow matters. Like, I'm saying that for you, you can transmit as slow as you want. Yes, but that's what the question said. The answer said that. Okay. Well, I I wish you had said nothing now. Oh my god. <laughs>
<laughs> what segment of the 20 meter band is most often used for digital transmissions? In parentheses, avoiding the DX propagation beacons. A, uh, 14.00 to 14.050 megahertz. B, 14.070 to 14.112 megahertz. C, 14.275 to 14.350 megahertz. Or D, 14.150 to 14.225 megahertz. Yeah, you're you're not going to know this. This is a guess for you. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with B one four point zero seven zero to fourteen point one twelve. You got it. Thank the, you. So that's the FT8 rule. Just remember that FT8 is uh, 14.074. So mm -hmm. just get the 7 in the wheelhouse okay. and you're good. Um, generally, you can you can do digital modes in higher frequencies. Mm -hmm. uh, beacons are going to be lower, lower frequencies. That's why it starts at 7 and, and then works its way up from there. Um, yeah, but the digital space is generally before single sideband and but after the beacon. So point zero seven okay yeah what is normally meant by operating a transceiver in split mode Ooh. a good the question operated the radio is operating at half power b the transmitter is emitting an ssb signal as opposed to dsb operation c the transceiver is set to a different transmit and receive frequency d the transceiver is operating from an external power source um, C, transceiver is set to a different transmit and receive frequency. Nailed it. And that's specifically for like a expedition okay. or someone that's in a, re a rare DX area. So let's walk through this because this is actually kind of an important one. Let's say you have a QRP radio and you went to some picturesque island where very few people operate. It's maybe not the rarest DX spot, mm -hmm. but it's still rare enough that people are interested in, in getting a contact from you. Are you teasing at the show topic right now? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> and you start to transmit. People can hear you. Some people can hear you. But then other people realize that, you know, there's somebody important on that frequency and they all start calling on the same frequency that you're calling back on. Mm -hmm. Well, if most people can't hear you, and they're all on the same frequency, there will be many people calling over the top of you. Okay. So by operating split, everybody is listening to your transmit frequency, not transmitting on your transmit frequency. I see. You're listening on a different frequency to receive for them. Interesting. Okay. That allows you to, as the, the, the station that people want to hear, tune the receive side of your radio to the loudest signals or the signals you can copy, make contacts with them first and work through your pileup. I see. That's appreciable knowledge. Yeah, split operation is <laughs> most de-expeditions, well, not all de-expeditions, but a lot of like one-man type stuff will will run split. And and split's actually really, really helpful for that kind of stuff. A lot of um, Morse code will do that too. Um, and so you just kind of play the game where you, you receive and transmit is offset. Okay. This is my last question. Mm. 
Which of the following <clears throat> is an advantage of ceramic capacitors as compared to other types of capacitors? A, high stability, B, comparatively low cost, C, tight tolerance, D, high capacitance for given volume. I'm going to go with comparatively low cost. Bingo. Hams are cheap. Awesome. Yeah, well, you, you're doing pretty good. Thank you. Moving right through those. Nicely done. Not even studying. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those questions, you just, you just kind of lucked your way through them. Wow. So I hope you remember it. You know, luck's the wrong word. I think you, you know, worked it out in your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. So yeah, remember that for the test, right? Sure. You'll remember all those. Uh-huh, everything. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Okay, <laughs> well, Leah, thanks for being a trooper and continuing to go through the general class license. I think you're doing a good job. Thank you. I mean, even if you're failing, you're still doing a good job coming out here and continuing <laughs> to do it. I really do appreciate it. I, I, I would say that regardless of what you're doing. So thank you for that. Okay, so just a reminder for everybody, Huntsville is coming up, or just Huntsville, however Huntsville. you want to say it. Huntsville. 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 Yeah, I guess if you if you overpronounce the ville, Huntsville. then that's also probably Huntsville. 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 I think you Huntsville. just I think you just slow it down. Like calm it Huntsville. down. Huntsville. <laughs> All that stuff your mouth is doing, just like calm it down a little bit. <laughs> just all of that. My Huntsville. mouth is overly excited to say Huntsville. Yeah, you just say Huntsville. It's Huntsville. <laughs> That's it. It's just make it easy. So we're gonna be there at the aforementioned location and the aforementioned ham fest. I'm very excited. I could not be more excited to get back to a Hamfest. I don't know that after we heard uh, on the last Ham Nation how many people traditionally in the you know 2018 was the last time they held it. How many people? What did they say? 5,600? 5,200. And that was an increase, they said. Yeah. So I'm really interested what's going to happen. I am too. Also, we're it's a little wild. Yeah. Yeah. This when I heard that, I was like, more people than that. Download the podcast. Listen to the podcast, yeah. Wait, I mean, you guys, we're having a ham fest every week. <laughs> but it's just us. And you well, can't buy and, radios. And from the us. email correspondence. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um I'm curious what the total number is gonna be when all things are said and done. Because we're we're as much as we we all want COVID to be over, like we're rolling into the state with like the least no, vaccination. That, I think it's Mississippi that has the least. They're number one, is what you're saying. Mm, mm-hmm. So, but here's the thing. Yeah, just, just you know, if you're not, if you're worried about it, just wear a mask. That's sure. You know, or, or don't go. I mean, if you're worried about it, there's nothing wrong with not going. Or just wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> So if you see Josh, please let me know if he's wearing a mask. So I know whether or not he needs to be quarantined in another room for 10 hey, days. <laughs> don't. Um, I'm just going to set up. Don't test me with a good time. I'll just set up a bed in your ham shack. And you can, That's fine. <laughs> hammock living out of the ham shack. <laughs> Day 10. <laughs> Things are awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> this is the best decision I ever made. I'll leave your food at the door. <laughs> oh my God, you're going to feed me? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you MREs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. There's no toilet in the, uh, the ham shack. 
I'll, I'll cook regular meals still. You'll get to smell all the delicious ones, oh, okay. but only MREs for you. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I see what you're doing there. Your response little should be... little chemical warfare. <laughs> your response should be, then I'll just cook my MREs and you can smell that delicious <laughs> Oh, said no one ever. <laughs> well, today's show topic is, what would be the perfect vacation for ham radio with the family? A lot yes. of a lot of qualifiers. This is actually a topic that that Leia brought up. So yeah, I Leia's mean, we should be both active. talk about it. Yeah, we are. Like, we are. What 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 I would look for, right? As an as I, like I'm not operating. This is all exactly weekend, what I've envisioned. Right? You're, you're yeah. going to talk about what your perfect vacation would be, and then I would say like, is that ham adjacent? <laughs> Could I ham? <laughs> Could I ham? <laughs> So maybe we'll start with that. Like for you, what is a perfect vacation? And I, I will talk about how one could clandestine ham while also putting up, being forward with the, with the, the family forward face. So for me, uh, a perfect vacation and uh, the, there's this um, mom vlogger who. See, <clears> I'm, <throat> I'm already worried. When you start out your this, sentence with uh, "there's a mom vlogger," I'm I'm already no. She has a perfect phrase for vacations because well, vacations. I made this. Uh, <laughs> I made this RFI transmitter. <laughs> it. Um, I designed it specifically to make it so that we can't use our cell phones <laughs> um, because the family is just spending too much time on screens. <laughs> I am the jammer. <laughs> I am the RFI. I am the QRM. <laughs> well, no, she coined this phrase, which I think is uh, very apropos. For moms, vacations aren't really vacations. Yeah, I, I, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally I guess for understand. Pa- for, you. for parents at large, really. I mean, I, I, well, if it's me talking about us, for you to have a good vacation, I think I know what that is. And most of the vacations we go on, you do a lot. It's true. She coined it as not a vacation, but a memory-making trip. If you reframe it from the expectation that you're getting a massive break over to the reason you're on this trip oh, is to make I see what memories, she's doing. Okay. Yeah. then you're no longer deeply disappointed at the lack of vacation. <laughs> well, I made every meal on this weekend. <laughs> Uh, but for me, it would be uh, something where everybody gets to do something that they really enjoy mm-hmm. and share it with a willing participants, <laughs> right? willing family members. And I really like relaxing on the beach. Okay. I like hitting um, major sites, like something that... Uh, makes you feel like you've seen and done some things on vacation, right? I, yes. I love a hot tub. That's You do love a hot tub. <laughs> that's real big. Uh, and I like, I like things where the kids can learn something mm-hmm. and where the food is good. Okay. Well, let's start with the beginning. Beach is great for ham radio. Absolutely. Right. Go nuts right. at the beach. 
Um, you can get away with a loop at the beach, and I've done that multiple times. Loops are great because even if the loop falls over, which I've definitely had happen when a kid hooks their foot on the feed line or whatever, and it falls over, loops are oddly pretty resilient things, particularly if you've got a coax loop. Mm-hmm. I find that they're they're pretty resilient. So you can you can play radio um, when you're doing that. Now the the jumping around to lots of things mm-hmm. is difficult for HF ham radio. Well, why don't we why don't we actually frame this appropriately? Mm-hmm. We're we're currently talking to uh, Mike um, about a ham radio cruise. Yeah, we're we're talking about coordinating a ham radio cruise. This right. is actually the first time we're talking about this, mm-hmm. and. The ham radio cruise, we want families to go. Of course. Right? It's Not, still a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a seven day and it goes to three countries that have reciprocity so you can operate there. I would, I would go a step further and say three islands or two or... It's three countries. Yeah, but, but we'll be on islands too, yes. some of them. Yeah, yeah, so it will be IOTAs. And uh, I think at least one of the islands is actually a rare contact. I think it's uh, Grand Turk. Turks and Caicos? Yeah. I don't know that that's rare, but um, that has reciprocity Yeah, with the UK. So it's a seven day. It's got like three days at sea and then three days hopping um, at ports of call, right? Mm -hmm. And so me being the researcher that I am, <laughs> I've already started looking at what I want to do. Right, right. right. Yes. And there is always this expectation when you and I go on vacation together that I need to leave a certain amount of time for you to operate radio. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you take it too far, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because I, mean, I bake in a live stream and, yeah. <laughs> and I set up some kind of contraption. Yeah, exactly. I'm also testing this antenna. I'm also doing this. I'm also so I'm I'm pa- so I'm packing a lot in too, Leia. Yeah, just not with the family, <laughs> which is which is uh, I could I, not, I, when you frame it that way, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. So it's got to be a pretty fair split of time mm-hmm. where you're doing stuff with the family and. Um, and then you're kind of like left to your own devices, right? So for me, it's usually figuring out what are the things that I definitely want you to go to. Okay. I, I think that's very clear that you um, often make it very clear what's important. Yes. This is the thing Josh needs to go to. And then, That helps yeah. me considerably. And then there are certain times where I'm like, okay, well we'll go do this because I know you're not going to really super enjoy this that we're doing and you can go do your radio thing. What your radio thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, the flip side of this also exists. You could all come with me and enjoy radio. It's true. You could do that the whole week, the whole, the whole week. That would not be a part of my ideal <laughs> situation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe, a, a little bit a day, not the whole day. Leia just walks up holding a baofeng in a stretched out arm. I'm ready for radio. You have five minutes. Yoga class starts in five. Go. 
Oh, that's the other thing. I mean, it would be nice for you to take the kids for me to go off and do something that I happen. want to do. <laughs> they got daycare. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know about that yet. <laughs> hey. So it's called the, the Mardi Gras. It's a massive ship. It looks like a city. It is. It it's got a like, roller coaster on it. Uh, I, I don't know what this. I, this is all crazy. This is yeah. This is crazy. Right. So. So if you were to schedule this this cruise week mm-hmm. in your ideal situation, what would you be doing? So when you're when you're on, a, I mean, I, this is all new territory to me, right? If we're talking about a cruise specifically, and obviously your permission to operate on like a deck or even in your room depends on the captain. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, this is this is like legit um legit work that has to go on on the back end to make yeah. this all possible. So if I was again we got other like-minded people on board, I'd want to spend time with them talking about radio hanging out, set up a radio, multiple radios and yeah, I would you know, love get on the air. for like the first night for all the families to meet, mm-hmm. right? So that we, we spouses, especially spouses with children mm-hmm. can meet so that we can collaborate on what we're going to do. <laughs> well, when you're, yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, just, just hang, finding a spot where we can set up some antennas and, and we have to be really clear here. I'm assuming that I we can get away with loops. Loop antennas, mm-hmm. I think, shouldn't be a problem because it's just this little self-contained thing and nobody, like, I think freaks out. I think loops are very unassuming to the masses. Mm-hmm. The but muggles. how cool to be able <clears throat> to even operate on a cruise ship. A lot of cruise ships don't allow right. operating radio at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so just the, that's the only reason yeah. that this is even a thing that we're talking about is because yeah. we can potentially operate on the ship. That was yeah. kind of one of the big things. But then when you get to the ports of call, I uh, to me, ideally, I would like to operate at every port of call. All right? day? Well, Am enough I booking to, excursions without you? Enough to happening? activate whatever it is, right? So if it's an island on the air, I don't know necessarily what it takes to activate that, but activate it or a park. Or if if there's nothing, if it's just like I'm in a weird place, let hey, me see how many know, contacts I you can make would and, be great. You know, pack it in. So a couple hours, like two, three hours, I think. Sure. You know what would be really great, though? Mm-hmm. And is there a better time of day to operate than others? No, because the day-night cycle shifts considerably. And, and where we would be at, I mean... I think we'd be lucky if we're making contacts with anybody in some cases, depending on the radios we would bring. What would be great is if we could get in contact with, oh, well, here are the islands. I think one is um, Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic, which is an island. There is an island in the Dominican Republic that is owned by that cruise company or they operate out of that island. And then uh, we said Turks and Caicos. And then another one is. That's the one I don't remember. Uh, either. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So Puerto Rico is fine. You can go ham crazy there. You can use your call sign. But if we could get in contact with hams that already live there mm-hmm. to meet up or help us like a fixer of some kind. Or just go to a station that's already set up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a damn good idea. Yeah. Mm. 
We need HRCC uh, people in all these different locations to be like, yeah, man, I got a truck. Get in the back. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would like for at least a portion on each at each port of call day mm-hmm. for us to be doing something as a family. But how I don't know how. I mean, what it, what's in your mind about it? It's, it's always it's always nice to want things, right? I, I mean, that's, God. that's the that's the best part about life is that you wake up in the morning, and you're like, I want to, I want that. How do I get from there to there? <laughs> you know, and you think about it, and you're like, I should stop thinking about that because that's not going to happen. Wow. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, of course. I mean, it, it depends on what's available and what we can do and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, ideally, if we're going out there with a bunch of hams and it's going to be like, it's going to be a lot of ham. But imagine be being ham. as high up uh, as you are on a cruise ship surrounded by water. I, I, I think the propagation everybody needs must to, be amazing. I think, well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of actually the mystery of it for me is one of the most intriguing parts about this. I don't know what to expect. I just want to do it just so I can say that I did it. Yeah. There, I mean, with Hammond Radio, you always have trial and error, right? I mean, that's, I would argue that that's the reason why I like it so much is that it's a whole lot of just experimentation and figuring it out and that it's always a new kind of interesting challenge wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And you get, you get considerably better at it as time goes. That's no question. And you've got better tools, better equipment, stuff that makes some of that stuff easier, right? That you can you can be able to just, like I will do, is like, I'll just grab this and grab this and you know, I'll just make it work. You know, like that, that kind of stuff comes from time in mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. So I would, I would loop antenna on the ship. Well, let me be really clear. I will try to get away with whatever it is I can get away with. Okay, um, but barring all that, I think you can default to a loop, and and we could we can make some some things happen. The ship is huge. Like yeah. looking at pictures of it, I haven't. I've only seen like that cool, like long angle shot where you see the side of it. And again, this is the Mardi Gras. I want to see it from the top down. I want to see what places you could set up that mm-hmm. are clear and open. Because you want a clear, open shot, right? You don't want a bunch of stuff all over the place, like built up. Yeah, boat like what's stuff. on what's on the top of the right, the right, 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 ship, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it appears what's on the top of the ship is a roller coaster. Yeah, so maybe we um, operate from the roller coaster. No, right maybe, on. <laughs> maybe we attach some wires to the steel of the roller coaster and just let the tuner sort it out. Interesting. Maybe that's a thing we do. All right. Maybe maybe I could say I made a contact off of a roller coaster. There's also a mini golf course on the top. And uh-huh. It looks like there's like a lounge. Will it antenna mini golf butters? <laughs> uh, so, so that's fun. So many so many different things you can do. There's the water slides are also on the top. So I mean theoretically, and that's salt water. We could do something with that. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, <laughs> we could go take the kids to the water park, and then you set up at one of the tables, or a few of the tables. I mean, hopefully, there's going to be a lot of hams that come, right? I mean, ideally, right, if we're doing this, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and that's now. that's somewhat family time, right? Because you'll be at the... Family adjacent. Yeah, 
yeah. as we like to use the word adjacent. I think that's my favorite, <laughs> my second favorite word next to appreciable. I didn't, I, there's the first time I've said it the entire podcast. Yeah. Appreciable. Uh, so interestingly enough, I took some notes before, before we started this podcast on what would make up my, you know, a good ham radio type vacation. Not a contest weekend would be what I would pick. Okay. Because I think that if you're if you're going out and you're going to make a bunch of contacts, you you should have family time baked in. And if I'm doing a contest, I want to be pretty focused on the contest, mm-hmm. right? And if I'm running QRP, then I'm going to be like a lot of the folks that that emailed us on field day. How it was it was very difficult, right, mm. for them to get contacts, do all that stuff like in the time that they had. So yeah, no, I know I get that. Uh, great band conditions. You, you can't plan for that. That's not a part of your vacation planning. I would love great band conditions. That would be my favorite thing ever if I could just like flip a switch. Leia hasn't told me where the switch is yet to, to you know, do the band conditions. Right, right. The band condition mm-hmm. things. An interesting location, like a rare DX. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going, if, if you're going to do something, and, and by the way, I think that in a lot of cases, family friendly also is sometimes rare DX. Like there are some locations you can go to that's a little bit rare where, you know, the family will, is going to be there and it's going to be fun for everybody and you can get yeah. a couple of uh, rare DX stations. I mean, but is there like really, is there any way to ingratiate ham radio more to kids and a family than to go on an experience where you're around other like-minded hams in a fun location. So yes, but you so this is this is the challenge of ham radio, right? When I did that poda video, I had a ton of people walk up and start talking to me. Mhm. Mhm. If I was doing that with like any of my other radios or different antennas, like super QRP that kind of stuff, I don't know that it would be as interesting as pulling up with the big go box and had the big delta loop antenna up. I got signals, people are hearing things, and we're picking out states that people are in on the other mm-hmm. side of the country, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That all of a sudden is like the wow factor of like, oh man, that's really cool. He's picking up all these crazy people talking all over the place. So that that's a part of this is that you gotta have a pretty dialed in station, an effective station that you can just kinda, wherever you go, even if it's an island or the top of a cruise ship, be able to set up and get on the air effectively. I was helped by the fact that there's very little noise. I don't know what the noise is going to be like on the cruise ship. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, right? So this is all, you know, we're, we're kind of flying by the seat of the pants kind of thing. So other good things to think about, like if you're, if you're planning a vacation, this is for a lot of people in the States and some other countries, POTA locations. Poda location where you may be able to like dip out for a little bit, go to a poda, come back, get back into the family vacation thing. Soda adjacent. This is a little harder. I appreciate that a lot of soda spots are for hiking. You know, you got to actually get out there and, and, and get up on the mountaintop. But what if there was a soda within a poda? And that exists. There's plenty of parks that have soda mm, summits right, within right. the parks on the airspace. So you can technically do both or, you know, whatever. 
Low noise, I mentioned this multiple times in my notes, low noise is really important. And you can't really guarantee that, right? Because hotels, balconies of cruise ships, cruise ship decks, I'm assuming there's electronics all the way running through that thing because they've all got probably Wi-Fi now, unlike the cruises that you, know, right. you and I went on where you had to pay like a bazillion dollars to get five minutes of, uh, of uh, 2G internet. <laughs> true but low noise right is i don't know what to expect but i guarantee when we get on the island super low noise or or wherever that that spot is but Mm -hmm. if you were planning it sans cruise if you were just planning to go out somewhere think about getting away from the stuff getting away from electronics getting away for the infrastructure of electronics and your noise is going to drop considerably so you know that that would that would be all the like major plot points that i would hit if i was doing like a ham radio vacation, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I we'll we'll have more information here shortly, including emails for who's going to coordinate this. And I think, yeah, I think this could be a lot of fun. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it will. Yeah, we just yeah. got a couple of things we're waiting to hear back on, and then we'll hit everybody up with more information. But um, post in the Discord podcast you know your thoughts on ham radio cruise i mean that could be that could be a lot of fun i think i think it's gonna be fun i think it's just gonna be fun yeah it's gonna Actually, be in the summer of next year yeah, so that yeah, summer kids of next will year. be out of school and it, yeah it's got to be summer next year so for me you know again i think playing ham radio out on the deck of the ship is like paramount but uh, looking at, looking at this ship and getting reminded how big this thing is there's like multiple restaurants that we could just all like go to and just eat you know what i mean just hang out yeah think about like, oh, that's think about cool. all the drinking and cigars yeah yeah, yeah. like i was yeah. like oh man this is gonna be so much fun regardless i mean whatever ends up happening is it's gonna, gonna be, be like a live stream but in person <laughs> i mean yeah, maybe. I guess in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully nobody's recording at the time. Or maybe I will record. Well, we'll have to. You know, I'll have yeah, to bring sure. it and do the whole thing. But yeah, so I, I don't know. That, that should be fun. Um, yeah, Leia, we kind of backdoored our way into that whole discussion. I didn't know that we were going to talk about the uh, the cruise, but okay, we did. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you want to, we, we actually like to hear your put the feelers out there. Um, yeah. we don't, we don't know. And what, what would you look forward to yeah. if you're, you're going on this cruise? I mean, I think we're thinking about, um, maybe pins or patches or something. Oh, or, there. yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. It's enough. It's enough forewarning to, uh, give to Leia enough to, time yeah. to figure out what the heck to do. <laughs> Patches would be cool. A good vinyl patch, mm-hmm. Velcro backed vinyl. Yeah. That's my kind of jam. Yeah, that would go in the headliner. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Okay, everybody. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast with that. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. Until we talk to you again, 73. 73.